MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It was a poll, a survey that was done recently, and it's about um, sad songs. It's about songs that are, you know, have a... uh, a more melancholy feel to them, or flat out about breakups and things like that. Right. And how actually um, a sad song can be a good thing for you to listen to. I find it is. I do, too. Uh, when I, I want to sort of have a melodic commiseration. Mm. Like a, like an, someone, you feel a connection to what someone else has been going through. You feel it's similar to perhaps to what you might be going through. Or just like... I'm in this mood now. I'm going right. to run with it for a while. Yep. So it was a stir- survey that was done by 2,000 adults, and they've come up with a list of the saddest songs of all time, or at least of, of recent time. Um, and a couple of facts before going into uh, some of the titles. Uh, just under half of survey respondents believe that a song can have a big impact on their mood. 48% said that. Consequently, 36% opt for a sad song when they're feeling nostalgic. While another 24% can't help but play their favorite somber tunes after a breakup. Notably, however, a little bit of melancholy can actually help us turn the page as well. Under ha- Just under half respondents also admit that a sad song can kind of brighten their day. Sad songs say so much. They do. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, wait, so you have a list of them? I do. Can, can I guess one? Because when this song came out, my friend called me and she goes, uh, if you're having a bad day, don't listen to this. All right. And let, me, let me go through a couple other things here. And then, right, yes, okay. I want to hear what, because I want to hear what all of you may have in mind as far as an ultimate sad song uh, uh, is. I like what you just said, though, about about the application of it, what you will use. Yeah. That's as different as the songs that you might like in this list or not like. Uh, how you employ sad songs to alter mood or reinforce a mood. So they said uh, participants were asked also, well, just what makes a great song in general? And there were three main components they came up with again and again, and it's a good beat, a memorable melody, and the capacity to evoke legitimate emotional reaction. And therein is where song, sad songs have such an impact. You left out the fourth one, inclusion of the words big butts. Oh, I oh, did not okay. realize everybody had <laughs> agreed on that. But another 19% uh, percent said that a good song needs to be relatable. When asked why music is important, the top explanation given by respondents was that it can raise a smile. Meanwhile, another 54% value music because it gives them a lift when they need it. Uh, and uh, most, and, and another 30% enjoy sharing music with other people. Uh, this was a study out of the UK, and a lot of times it can differ from what we might agree with here in the U.S. And there, you might hear some titles that you're not familiar with, but for the most part, it's a solid list. Actually. Yeah, I, I, again, that is the case, and so many times... And these lists always work in both ways. It's like, this list stinks, and you can go off on that. Or, like, I I do agree with a lot of the selections in this one. So, Kathy, what was it your friend said, if you're you're feeling down, don't listen to this song? So it was a couple of years ago, and it was right when the song came out, but it was Adele's Hello. Adele's Hello. Uh, There are some Adele songs on here. Uh, Let me see here. Hello's her big... big Massive hit, right? That's the biggest Adele song, Hello. I mean, at the time it was. I don't know about now. That one, believe it or not, is not on here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Does it, is, is, it stinks. Is the message sad in that? I don't, it's I don't just, remember. Everything about it is sad. Like, you know, her songs are slow as it is, but this one is like 
really slow. Okay. And yeah, it, there's a sad message in I there. mean, her best songs were following breakups, and it's where great art comes from, yeah. is heartache a lot of the time. And so, you know, her, her best songs, her best albums yeah. came after her relationships ended. But I'm looking at your list, Preston, and her, the, the, her top tracking one, as far as your list is concerned, is a heart-wrenching song. And it's just a beautiful song. It came off of her 21 album. And, what is it? Um, it's called Someone Like You. Never mind, I'll find yeah. someone like you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right, you're I right. You have, nothing you have that on your iPod? It. Of course. Come on, man. There you go. Tell your workout, yes. Nick. Yeah. I wish, is the line going, does the line go, I wish nothing but the best, best for you both? Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Here, I'm letting go. Uh-huh. Please, enjoy. I'll wither and die over I'm here. I'm the bigger person. You guys are happier and I'm I'm bigger. No, I know, Yeah. But you, uh, you know, and, and I've t- actually talked about the song in the past um, on the show because there is a raw, I mean, lyrically raw, raw um, lyrics on there because she, she just really just, she's naked for everybody to see. Like, she mm. talks about showing Ooh, up at a party. Uh, she was so heartbroken and she was still so in love with this guy that she went to a party knowing that he was going to be there, hoping yeah. that, she, that he would see her and... Go, oh, what am I thinking? You know what? Uh, uh, we we need to get, and it didn't work. Did happen. No. Fact, and said, I've done oh, that. it's you. you know? Yeah. He I, went Mel Gibson on her. Yeah, no, I've done you've, you've done some research into this song? Uh, so, or is that just, or just, just lyrically, does it just spell it out that way? Uh, or it, you had read that in an article? No, no, no. Lyrically, it's it's spelled out. Okay. Um, the, uh, I don't know why I'm having such a hard narrative. All right. Casey's going to play this for us. Here. This is, uh, but, I mean, this album was just an amazing Album, it's won the Grammy, right? So, I mean, what? Just, just that off. Can you slowly dance for us? Yeah. Can I sl- dance with Kathy? No. No, no, no. We want to see a solo, sad, an dance interpretive song. dance from you. So, if like you wouldn't mind, please. Here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking as well. The happy, are you like the happy hands or something? Yeah. I'm doing um, that sign language. Yeah. yeah. I, it's beautiful. <laughs> doing all the oral sex. Yeah. All right. The butt stuff she never gave to him. All right. Anyhow, let's go through some of these other we can't uh, we can't put that on YouTube because of the. That's that right. Yeah. If, if, you know what? In fact, our, our audio just probably cut off oh. on YouTube. That we lost. Yeah. You just have to watch. Uh, we well, we got to do this like this. I know. Rush video or something. Yeah, just like acapella, Casey. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You want to go through some of these songs? Yes. All right. So uh, we'll start. There's 30 of them. I don't know if we need to go all the way. Do 19. Well, that was Adele's first album. Was 19. All right. I'll 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 go through the ones that I that I uh, that catch my eye. I like uh, Boys to Men, End of the Road. Oh my God. That's number 27. That's definitely a uh, a sad one. Simon and Garfunkel, The Boxer. It's a great. Now that is not a. That's not that. You know, she broke my heart. I broke her heart. That, that is just a. A life assessment, and and uh, I love that song lyrically. It's just amazing. It's a masterpiece. Well, right, so Bridge but, over troubled water. Yes, yeah. is and the the follow up um, part. What, what do they call that second part? Because uh, it goes, the, it it shifts into a. There's like a. I forget the name of it. It's bridge over troubled water slash. There's another part um, to it. Uh, 
my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, okay. I remember okay. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I only know it as uh, yeah. the, the water, so. So, wait, um, but the boys to men, uh, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday is not on there? Um, that is more of a heart-wrenching song than... Let's see the, here. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not. Yeah, they have a couple of uh, ballads that definitely uh, tug at the heartstrings. Uh, let's see what else is on here. Um, Carol King, It's Too Late. That is a great song. Yeah. That might be one of my late, top three. Baby, that one. Oh, it's too late, though we really did try to make it. See, we can sing it. Something inside has died, and I'm on something, and I can't fake it. No, no. Ding, 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 ding. Here's another good one. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. It's a damn good song. That is a great song. Yeah. That whole album How does that one go? Phenomenal. Uh, and she talks about... Back. No, no, no. She talks about, um, uh, you know me, I'm no good. Um, and Casey, I'd have to hear it. Uh, but play it. We well, can't. if we play... Oh, Wait, well, this is pointing. Oh, she's pointing. She's saying, up here, up to the stars, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is a great song. Maybe I was thinking of I'm no good. I don't know this one. It includes a lyric, keep his D wet. <laughs> yeah, listen, her songs have some really profane stuff in there. It's hidden behind yeah, this yeah. really great music, which makes it so cool. I yeah. love it. Now listen to that I'm voice. back to black. She's great. Uh, who else is on here? Um, Sam Smith, Stay With Me. That's a great yeah. song. Okay. That's his, big, that's his biggest, right? Yeah, that's a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Al Green, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart. Mm. For Al Green, I'd say... Uh, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, the Beatles, Long and Winding Road. Oh. What do you think is the most emotional, sad Beatles song? Do you think it's that, or do you think like Eleanor Rigby? Oh, well, lyrically, that one's really sad. It's yeah. about the lonely people. Yeah. You know? and, and, uh, and sometimes when I'm... When I sing along to that song, I do think about that and, and how it's an homage to yeah. those people who just seem to be on the fringe solo. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. But, uh, that's... but uh, yesterday is on the list higher up, and it's definitely one that emotionally okay. yeah. touches me. That uh, that scene in yesterday, the movie, when he comes back and he's, quote unquote, written the long and winding road, it's just... It yeah. is so great, and and, mm -hmm. and I I don't think I've ever been like that emotionally connected to a song, right? Uh, it, or that the, song the way it was framed that way. Yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. Uh, let's see, two with or without you. It's a great song. I don't know if I consider that a. I don't. I don't feel sad. No, when I, listen I, to that. I. That's like one I'll belt out in my car. And yeah, no one's listening. Yeah. Do you know it's a great? Um, all I want is you. Oh it, my is, god, that is a that is a sad. Beautiful song. And another one is, um, uh, uh, um, oh man, damn it, it's on Joshua Tree. Uh, it's about a girl, it's a heroin overdose story. Oh, um, at the, on the, uh, the uh, end of side one? I don't know, in rain, maybe. Run from the darkness in the night. Oh, uh, Running to Stand Still? Running to Stand Still. Yep. That mm. is a beautiful, sad song. Absolutely. Okay, so here's... Now, breakup songs obviously give me sad songs. I've told this story right. on the air before. My sister was going through a breakup. Oh, yeah. And she lived in... Uh, she lived in... It was living in Florida, and my my uncle, who lives in the same town, was like, my God. <laughs> Every time I got in the car, she would put this song on and sing to it, and I wanted to just 
jump out going 100 miles an hour. It was Bonnie Raitt. Um, Bruce you, can't, you can't make me love you. Oh, yeah. I can't make I you can't love me. I can't make you love me if you don't. Or if you want one or the other, and it's oh, essentially no. that. It's just Aww, the ultimate in in depressed. And she's saying she's she's in bed with him, and she knows they don't feel the way. Just hold me till the the sun comes up. Yep. I mm-hmm. know I know this can never be. Yep. And then you have Bruce Hornsby, his piano playing is so fantastic. I love this song as well. Uh, if your also, sister ever wants someone to listen to, just have her call me. Here you go, number fifteen <laughs> on this list of, sa- of great sad songs. Coldplay, fix you. Yeah, yeah. song. It's yep. an it's an amazing song, and it and it meets this crescendo. It's I mean, it's really really sad, but then it's uplifting as well. It's a great song. Are there songs that will actually make you cry? Yes, that's that songs made me too. cry. That one I think, will. I think you need to sort of be on, in the right spot though. Like you, you can't just. The song isn't necessarily the trigger every time, right? Like you got to be in that mood and then put the song on yes. in order for the crying to happen. Do you know what? Yes. So, so fix you has that. It starts with that very slow part and then builds to the crescendo, which is very emotional. I, and it's not. Um, and it's not even technically a song about. Uh, it's about caring, but it's it, what it, right. the message is right there. Right, right, right. I don't so, necessarily. I, I'm going to. Make it better for you, and 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 om- it almost implies that there's going to be. I'm going to try. Uh, there's going to be folly to that because you can't fix someone. You can support someone. You know? Right, right. But uh, I had actually broken down, like crying. It was. Uh, I was listening to the song. I was running, so I was on a runner's high at the same time right. that the the crescendo hit, and I had to stop. Like I, I literally, I was running. I was in Ocean City. I was running on the boardwalk, and I had to like <laughs> the crying jogger. Well, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he comes by every day at one. <laughs> <laughs> there he is again. Here he comes. <laughs> Get out the uh, it was it was not too long after my father had passed away. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that would have a big yeah. Listen, there are weird moments, uh, and and uh, I've, I've said this before of when you might be jogging and crying. There is uh, uh, there used to be this. Um, uh, it may have been on YouTube, but it's it's people eating and crying at the same time. Yes, and I have That's done the it worst. so many times. You could I'll die be watching a movie. Yeah. okay, having dinner. Oh my yeah. god! And a really sad scene comes on. All of a sudden, I'm crying and I'm <laughs> chewing at the same. It's hilarious you say that. <laughs> yeah. Like I know because I know the movies to avoid when you're eating. Yes, uh-huh. if you'll die. Uh, I, I thought of the uh, saddest Beatles song in my uh, repertoire is uh, "She's Leaving Home." Oh, oh man, that gets me every time. Yes. Yes, I want to play these f YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, Daddy, our baby's gone. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. uh, empty a nester. That's your relationship with your kids, or with your parents, with Do the you, Beatles. You know what song makes me tear up all the time is is uh, Jackson Brown, The Pretender. That's a great song. All right, so. see what gets you more, Jackson Brown, uh, you personally, Jackson yeah. Brown, or uh, Don Henley, The End of the Innocence. <laughs> Uh, uh, the Heart of the Matter. Heart of the Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great album though. Which uh, the um. Because Heart of the Matter, I know. Heart of the Matter is a perfect song. I I, I think lyrically, it is a perfect song. I think Jackson Brown has, like, after the deluge and stuff, that to me just, like, hits me so hard. Uh, There's a song called For a Dancer. Um, I I, I can't even talk about it. But but where where he's talking about, you know, you, you, you may not know the impact you had on people you were, who surrounded you. And that's your, you know, and and it's just, I don't want to talk about it because it made me cry. <laughs> uh, there's a song from Don Henley called uh, Not Enough Love in the World, which is on oh. the same album. And the, the lyric goes, um, I was either standing in her shadow or blocking your light. Standing uh, uh, in her shadow or blocking your light. Um, something, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get it right. 
Uh, for you, girl, there's not enough love in the world. I'm like, oh, oh dude, it, it hits you right in the heart. There's a song by Bare Naked Ladies, and it's called Break Your Heart. And they, they put on a live record called uh, Rock Spectacle in the mid-'90s. And Break Your Heart is about this guy who uh, is not in love with a woman who's in love with him. Yeah. And he doesn't have the courage to break up with her. And so he doesn't want to break her heart, so he keeps going out with her, and he extends the relationship. But the, oh, it's it's a just this gorgeous, beautiful song. And I went to uh, my most played list on, on my iTunes. It's right near the top. And I, I think, like, I don't know. I, I like listening to sad songs sometimes, and that one is definitely a sad song. All right, let me, let me get some calls because right. our, our phone lines are completely jammed up now. I'm going to go to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, buddy. All right, so what's a uh, the, the sad song for you? Well, there's actually two that, that bring tears to my eyes. Ain't No Sunshine mm. by Bill Withers. Yeah. That's on this list. Great, yeah, that's number song. 11 on yeah. this list. A beautiful song. Ain't No Sunshine. And, and uh, Jar of Hearts from Christina Perry. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, Jar of Hearts. Yeah. Jar of Hearts. No. Mixed martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, <laughs> actually, um, she's from Ben Salem. She graduated from Archbishop Ryan. And Can you sing it? Because I'm not, I'm not, get, I, I'm not, I'm not even joking. No, I'm, I, I can't. Sing it. I'm not going to sing it. But it became the song became popular for, because uh, So You Think You Can Dance used it. Uh, and people were like, what? Is that song? Does anyone know? Can they hum it? Because I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank on jar of hearts. I have it on my phone. Jeremy, oh, can you sing a little bit of it for us? <laughs> you guys always want to call. Okay, all right. <laughs> I believe we have it here. But it's a uh, it's one that that gets you right in the feels. It it so much to the point that I actually have a tattoo representing Whoa. that song. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a yeah. jar of farts tattoo. <laughs> it was a, I now regret. It's a scratching sniff. <laughs> exactly. No, jar of hearts. All right. It's not ringing a bell, though. I'm sure we'll find it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate Thank it, man. You. All right. We'll see you. Uh, I will go to Bill. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Sad My songs. daughter broke up with her boyfriend, and she was playing Fiona Apple's oh, yeah. album. Constantly, mm-hmm. Fiona Apple is God, yes. never as a promise is a is one of those ones. Fiona Apple is all dour stuff. Moody, yeah. moody artist. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely yeah. got a. She doesn't have a party album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. <laughs> but for me, uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and the Green Berets. <laughs> the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald wow. and the Ballad of the Green Beret. That the unique choices. Yeah, I'm a collector guy. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thank All right, you. Appreciate right. it. Silver wings upon their chest. <laughs> These are men, America's best. Who right. do you think you are? Running around leaving scars. Jar of hearts. Jar of hearts. Yeah. Okay. I think he played with um, Silvertide and, and Shinedown. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. From, they lived in, uh, grew up in Ben Salem. That's pretty cool. Talented family. go next to we're talking about very sad songs that uh that just get you i'm gonna go to dave hey dave good morning good morning folks hey dave all right so what's the one for you the one for me uh his entire catalog but uh leonard cohen yeah 
Uh, I don't know a lot of Leonard Cohen. I know Hallelujah. My first agent in comedy was a massive Leonard Cohen fan, so he turned me on. I, I was not a big fan of him, Leonard Cohen himself, singing his songs. Right. But his, uh, like, uh, Hallelujah, yeah, as you said, and, and uh, uh, what, what is your favorite song, Dave, by Leonard Cohen? Well, Bird, Bird on a Wire is my favorite song. That is a little sad. A lot of people covered that one, but the one I'm thinking of is Chelsea Hotel because he sings about meeting Janis Joplin, going to the Chelsea Hotel, making love, and still feeling ugly and sad and lonely. Mm, wow. It's not, a, it's not an upbeat. Okay. <laughs> it's not an upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Dave? He even says, we are ugly. We are ugly. Wow. Interesting. All right. Yeah, he definitely lays well, it out In my there. case, he'd be right. Thanks, mm -hmm. Dave. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let me go through uh, the rest of this list, then we can, we can get some more calls. But I'll, I'll get you. Uh, Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine, was number 10. Robbie Williams, Angels, not as big of an artist here. I love that song. He's... Robbie Williams is super talented, and a lot of people don't realize that. But Angels is a great song. Number 10. Number 9. Here's a classic just depressed song, Eric Carmen's All By Myself. I mean, that oh, is yeah, yeah. When I was young. really about just like life. It's like sucks. <laughs> I never needed mm -hmm. it. Yeah, everything is wrong. Yes. All by myself. Don't want to be yeah. all by myself. Yeah. And it's just all this. I am. I'm just drowning in my tears I right now. Suck. I suck. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Sandler sing that in uh, Happy Gilmore? <laughs> he brings oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's like crying by the window at one point. <laughs> did uh, Did Bismarcky do a cover of that song? Really? Uh, oh, that'd be hilarious. I think he did. I think Bismarcky did a, a riff on that song. I'm I'm I, I'm pretty sure. And then and then Eric Carmen like had a, a, a C and D against him. Uh, for that, I don't know, Marissa. See if you can. Is Marissa in there? She did. Uh, he did um, alone again, and then alone did... again. That's it. Okay. Not all by myself. Alone again, I naturally, like which was Gilbert O'Sullivan. In a little while from now, yes, yeah. And I'm not. Which is another. That's one. another depressing. Alone again, naturally. I like that. Of course, me. Yeah, here I, I am alone. Yeah, yep. kick yep. me in the balls. Mm -hmm. yep. um, Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's a great song, Preston. I know you know the song. It was covered by the Carpenters, but first by Leon Russell. Song for you. You know that song? Yes, that's that a beautiful is a song. Beautiful yeah. song. Um, but, uh, and in fact, um, uh, Ray, um, um, Ray, Ray Charles, Ray Charles, yeah. I think did a, a, really? a, a riff on that oh. too. Uh, Roy Orbison crying is number eight. I on mean, this well, list. What, 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 you're crying, crying over you. That's, you're crying. That's the you refrain. miss your jars of farts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven, saddest songs of all time. Celine Dion, Kathy, it's my heart will go on. <laughs> that Come is on, a great song. It, Let me hear it, Kathy. Oh, it is. Sing it, Kathy. No, the way the you. way you sing it for us always. <laughs> we used to have a clip of her. Yeah. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Whether you sing it live. Yeah, you don't remember that? Yeah, it's on she left it on a voicemail. Yeah. Mm, go on. Go uh, number six, we already mentioned Adele, someone like you. Uh, number five, The Beatles, Yesterday. Mm. Just a, a beautiful and, yeah, a sad song. Um, about uh, love that's passed. It's gone. Uh, number four, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. And actually, we have a we have a more recent version last night of the uh, Country Music Awards. Kelly oh. Clarkson just blew it out of the water. She oh. did, man. Case, do you have that? Uh, no, but I have Nell singing Tainted Love. You All right, let's that do that. Instead? Nell okay. singing Tainted yeah. Love. Kong, Kong. Because you know, terribly sad. You, you want to hear Kathy? Say? I think she also didn't. She do a great Wham song. At she one did. Point, Casey, she that did. was like, Kong Kong. <laughs> Kong Kong. 
This is Kelly Clarkson singing the Dolly Parton slash Whitney Houston classic. Here we go. She can, man, Kelly can sing. She is. Key change. It's awesome. Woo. You know, and I, uh, every day I tune in for Kelly Oki. <laughs> starts the beginning of the Kelly, Kelly Clarkson show. I was sitting at a bar with two friends uh, over the weekend, and a Whitney Houston song came on. And uh, the bartender turned it off and put on some country song, like, in the middle yeah. of the no. song. Not just, there were there was us three girls, and then there were guys on either side of us. Yeah. Everyone's head whipped up, and I'm not kidding you, it was, like, in sync at the same time. Everyone was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't think we would want to listen to this slow song. Uh, I've had that before where a song ends and then everybody just goes, Aw. <laughs> exact same reaction. Yeah. I was just getting into that. Yeah, she was so apologetic. She's like, I didn't think you guys wanted to listen to that. What is the song? I, I, um, I believe the children of the... I oh, um, but better coming to America, the covers. Yeah. Uh, greatest love of all. Greatest love of all. Yeah. Yeah. Another one on this list is, um, let's see, that was number four. Number three is Eric Clapton, Tears in that Heaven. That is just a heart-wrenching song. It's right. it's the know the death of his son. I mean, yeah. yeah. He fell out a window. Yes. Five floors up, Bram. I remember the story was just absolutely I horrible. Thought that, I thought it, that's not what it was about. Um, well, it happened after that. It happened right no, after that. that's not what it's about. Okay, Nick. I thought it had direct correlation to that. Look that up while I go to Ian, who wanted to comment on that being the saddest song ever. Hey, Ian, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. All right, so we were just talking about Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven. is number three on this list, and that's that's yours, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially <clears throat> if you have kids, if you could just relate to writing that song, the lyrics just get you. Uh, it's you know, that, I don't know how he can even sing it. I just don't. Oh, I, I don't know how he can actually get through that song ever. You know, it's so emotional. You know what song? Okay, here's a song that's guaranteed. Thanks, bud. Masterpiece. Warren Zevon, "Keep Me in Your Heart." Yes. Oh, yeah. Warren Zevon mm -hmm. knows he is dying at right. the time he composes this song. Yeah. And and his little little suggestion that you these things he would like you to think about him throughout the day after he passes will uh, just is is just devastates you. 
By the way, here's the here's the information on uh, Clapton and his son. On March twentieth, uh, nineteen ninety one, Clapton's four year old son Connor died after falling out from the fifty third floor oh, window. Fifty third. I didn't realize it was that high. New York City apartment oh. building to uh, Connor's mother's friend. After isolating himself for a period, Clapton began working again, writing music for the film Rush. He dealt with the grief of his son's death by co-writing Tears in Heaven for the soundtrack with uh, Will Jennings. In an interview in nineteen ninety two, Clapton said of the song. It was in the back of my head, but it didn't really have a reason for being until I was scoring this movie. Then it sort of had a reason to be, and it was a little ambiguous because it could be taken to be about Connor, but it also is meant to be part of the film. So I think... It's it's sort of. It's sort of, we're, yeah. We're, we're both right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're more right. Either way, it's sad. Well, hang on. Actually, in an interview... Does Clapton talk about which one of us is more right? I <laughs> uh, said I uh, almost subconsciously use music for myself as a healing agent, and lo and behold, it worked. I've got a great deal of happiness and a great deal of healing from music. Huh. Jennings said, Clapton said to me, I want to write a song about my boy. There you go. Eric had the first four verse of the song written, which uh, to me is all in the song, but he wanted me to write the rest of the verse. So, yeah, Kathy, it <laughs> actually did have to do with that. That is awful. Wow, horrible. All right, uh, the other two on this list, the top two is a list of the saddest songs of all time. Number two, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares yeah. to You. It's a Prince song. It is a Prince song. That is correct. But she, her vocal She's crying in delivery the video. of it is, is definitely part of what sells that big time. That's a great song. And yes, it is very sad. And then number one on this list, R.E.M., Everybody Hurts. Hmm. I wasn't expecting that. It's yeah. an amazing song. <laughs> I, I know some people hate it. Because it, it, it has I sort of a, a, a dirgy kind of, but I love it. Doesn't some who someone here hates REM? No, but what that song does great is it has it, it builds, yes. it builds and builds, and yeah. it comes to this great. Uh, I tell you what, the, the the most uplifting part of it is is the the hold on uh, at the very end when he when he oh, they, yeah, but hold on. Well, everybody hurts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Peter Gabriel, very inspiring. Don't give up. Oh, my God. Kate Bush, right. Kate Bush? Right? Kate Bush. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one, uh, too. And uh, uh, Nick Murphy was saying Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's wild because uh. for me, lyrically, like, songs don't stick out lyrically unless it's a sad song. If it's a sad song, I can actually, I'm, I can actually I, hear I the words. Yeah. No, I can be inspired. Like, the killers can take an anthemic, to me, they do a great job of taking an anthemic presentation and making it resonate emotionally. Yeah. I want you guys to listen to a song by the Avett Brothers called No Hard Feelings. It yeah. is just an amazing song. Please no? I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the song essentially is about like uh, all the negative feelings that you have in your in your body and your soul. Like when someone doesn't want to listen to your song. When someone doesn't want to listen to your song. <laughs> one of your good friends. One of your one of your like best friends. Right. Ever. Just, just says no flat just out. Just says no flat out. But you can call me to every morning. Like yeah. that kind of music. <laughs> but the song essentially is about like when when you're about to check out, right? right. When when you're taking your last breath, and so like. Really, is it worth it? All right. the all the negativity, the resentment, the hatred that and, you might have in your heart. Absolutely. Wait, no. <laughs> when you're dying, when, you, when you're about to die, taking stock of all of that n negative energy <clears throat> that you might hold on to, like any any sort of resentment. What did it get you? The, what did it get yeah, you? Yeah, no, I think that's a great message. So, but isn't that also looking back and going, man, why did I waste all that time being negative, and here I am dying, and I could have done it differently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. the best but part is something to think about. That dude, too late for him, but maybe not too late for me. Not too late for me. Not okay. too late for me. I like and then, that uh, message. So, so you'll listen to the song? They, they go no. on. The, the last lyrics of the song is, <laughs> I have no enemies. And it's just, so, okay. 
We listen to it now? Uh, no, no, no. We oh, can't right. listen to it now. But like, so uh, not to bring it back to my my dad. But my my dad was dying. He yeah. had um. It was a really weird moment. But he had. Uh, I mean, he was he was uh, like right. He woke up and had a really lucid moment. Right. Like in, insanely lucid for the situation that he was going through because he was out. Uh, and he basically was like, you know, don't talk bad about your enemies. Like, love everyone. Oh, oh that's know. great. It was crazy because he was out. Like, and that was like essentially his like last words. Yeah. And then he ended up like dying a day later. So when I hear that, that when I hear that song, I'm like, that's exactly what he's saying. It's like it's it's not yeah. worth it. It's amazing. And, and, yeah, 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 that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's stuff. Yep. All right, and and something to um to keep in mind. All right, so Cast in the Cradle is a good one and an obvious one, but for me, one that gets me a little bit more is Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Oh, oh my God. My God. So especially the way it's used in Guardians 2. Well, that's <laughs> automatically applied to, like, the death of somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's used brilliantly, but the, the case you spoke about lyrics, like, you listen to every word when you listen to that song, and so that's... Okay, there's, so there's a lyric in that song I just don't understand. You're too young, and that's your fault, or something like that. Uh, I don't. Is it that's your fault, or that's not your fault? Uh, I always thought it was that's not your fault. It's not your fault, son. Sorry, I had to go Will Hunting. It says you're still young. That's your fault. Huh. And I don't understand that lyric. And I love. He the could song. be saying that simply your youth is is the fault in this. That it's not. Oh, in other right, words, yeah. yeah. It's not like you did something wrong. It's like. That, that your fault in life is right, that you're still right, young. Right, right. You're an idiot and oh, you don't learn yeah. stuff. Okay. You're a stupid a-hole. Right. Yeah. Oh, Boy, are you fine. stupid. That's you're a knuckle-dragging wall licker. <laughs> <What a moron. laughs> That's the, the emotional uh, whore. That really <laughs> wouldn't really that wouldn't have been as touching. Yep. Uh, you knuckle-dragging wall licker. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Gets you in the feels. <laughs> yeah. Is it better... Let me ask you this. Is it better <clears throat> when the sad song... Surprises you, comes on when you're not expecting it, or when you sit down to actively listen to it. Uh, when you actively sit down to listen to it. So uh, I think, uh, like, I will wave off if, oh, uh, I'm not, this is not, I don't need this now, you right. know. Uh, and and so a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm in bed, I will listen to mu- music in the dark the way I used oh. to all the time. Okay. And and I'll, and I have my, my songs that I'll go through. I find myself jumping from song to song in case as you said before for the most part they tend to be more um ballady there's a beautiful song that bruce hornsby does uh called dreamland about his son who was being um bullied and how you know he could escape to the the dreamland and uh it's just a gorgeous song and it, it gets me every time and so that's just the kind of stuff i find myself i'm gonna listen to this i'll tell you what's a great emotional quasi sad song uh, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Preston Rush's "Time Stand Still." Oh yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not a it's not a slow <clears throat> song. Who no, but there's that? there's some uh, Amy Mann from Till Tuesday right, yeah, is yeah. a guest vocalist on there. But yeah, yeah. There's some there's some uh, moments of uh, in there referring to you know time passing and, and yeah. seize the day and, and don't let it get away from you and and it's you know as as watching as there's a line that says um, old um, uh, old friends growing old young children uh, wait. Uh, Children growing up, old friends growing older, right. and it's just a, an observation of that it's a great song. It's very inspiring. Um, well, anyhow, these are these are very sad songs, but yet a sad song can be a wonderful thing. I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 
This starts the party, people. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Come on, this is when you need to be uplifted and you want to get the party going. I was trying to lighten the mood. That's Thanks, you I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yo, who put this on? <laughs> We've got tonight. Right? Yeah, this is all about story. another seize the moment. I imagine a whole bunch of frat guys with cigars and cards oh looking up like, what'd you put this on for? What were you expecting to happen when uh, you put this song on Kumbaya at the, type at the party? Of moment. You could have put on Hollywood Nights. Arm in arm. Steve, I could have put on any number of any other songs. Yeah. You but, know how Nick gets when, when he drinks. He's yeah. like loving. So yeah. he yeah. wanted everybody to hug. Yeah. And... How about this one? I think I'm going Dive into the Seeger catalog. What's the best party Seeger song? We've got tonight. Yes. <laughs> turn the page. Oh my God! Turn the page. Oh you should have seen how angry <laughs> Bud Shank got when I. <laughs> party! What did you do? Uh, I believe it was cleansed by like an hour of Metallica after that. Wow. All right, we need to take a break. But right. thank, and I apologize to those of you who've been on hold for like 25 minutes or so. We just couldn't shut up about this. Thank you so much for your calls. We do need to break and get right back. Is your phone an app hole? You know, full of useless apps taking up space. Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go, get important alerts, and so much more. Because, after all, the world needs less apples. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. A go-getter like you never stops learning. ODU Global offers online undergraduate classes with around-the-clock support and individualized advising. We'll help you transfer your credits, finish your degree, and take your career to the next level. ODU Global, the boost you need for bigger things. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, this next segment might not work. Who knows? <laughs> We're going to see if it does or not. We have talked about this in the past, about uh, bringing in some items to show and tell about. Preston? Yes. They said the same thing about the X1. And look what happened. Yeah. It broke the sound barrier. Yeah, there you go. All right, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, the Preston and Steve Show is bringing you show and tell. Throwing a little bit of rush this morning because we're having Alex Lightson on in uh, about a half hour or so. All right, so um, you guys want me to begin? Uh, so I'll be the teacher. Preston, okay. we'd like to see you. Oh my God! And, yes, and your show and tell what you have for us today. I remember sitting there with a with a big uh, paper brown paper grocery bag. Oh yeah, with whatever it was that I brought in, and we would all sit on the floor. And like Steve, the teacher, right. would call you up, and it was your turn, and it was so exciting. Because you would have seen a couple of people go by then, yeah. and you know that yours is way better than theirs. And you'd have, like, and you could bring in things like a like a new cool toy that you had. Like, yes. look, at, look at this, what yeah. this does. Yeah, totally. I could be the a-hole kid who criticizes what the other kids sure. brought. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I didn't bring anything. Oh. Totally. Yeah. And then, but everyone starts to, to pass out because you brought some stuff that you baked into the... <laughs> I 
So I had uh, I, I only remember one show and tell ever that I participated in, and it's because uh, on my way home from school one time I found a gardener snake, and uh, and so I captured it and I put it in a in a uh, Folgers yeah uh, can can, and then I brought it into school the next day for my show and tell, and then uh, the gardener snake somehow magically got away, oh, no. and my mom let him go. She oh, really? did not care for having a snake in our house. By the way, check on that. Is it is it gardener snake or garter snake? Garter. I was pretty sure it's garter. Garter snake. snake. Yeah. Like in, in a wedding when you put the snake on the girl's thigh, yeah, yeah. and then it yeah. crawls around. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. That's cool. And, yeah. and so people would be what was that? What, did I, I said the wrong way. No, garter, snake, garter, yeah. garter snake. The snake yeah. that you no, are talking yeah. about as, as a as a gray mustache. Oh. Yeah, you said a gardener snake. Ah, uh, a Jim Gardner okay. snake. So what I brought, speaking of show and tell, back in the day and when the kids would uh, would be there, is what I've mentioned before. I brought this to my third grade show and tell and recently found it. Wow. And hopefully... This is I, a good one already. I haven't brought this in for you before and it just dictates, it just shows exactly what a different time it was because ladies and gentlemen, oh I brought God. to my third grade show and, <laughs> show and tell a World War II <laughs> bandana. Or, uh, what? A bayonet. bayonet. Oh, my God. A bayonet. You actually brought that into school? I did. A weapon. Oh, a weapon. A this, weapon. Is, this is a knife. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good 10 inches long. Good Lord. And this was a bayonet that I bought in a uh, in uh, a, an army surplus store. Yeah. If you brought that today, the school would be surrounded and the SWAT team yeah. would be I'd be expelled. Yeah, I'd probably be expelled. Oh yeah, but, uh, yes. But I told you there was another. So, so this is. I, I don't have any history on this knife, uh, other than it was clearly sharpened quite a bit because it's got a uh, it's got a section in the middle that's curved. Yes, unless it was made that way, I don't really know. But it certainly seems well used, and this was definitely for a rifle because you can see yep. where it would slide onto the wow. barrel right here, and there's a a button that you would push that would lock it. You can unlock it uh, and. Um, it's got a wooden handle uh, with these kind of cross stitches in it, and there is a mark on it, but I've never researched it. Do we know which army it was used for? I don't know anything about okay. this other than I saw a big freaking knife and I wanted to buy it. <laughs> so my dad, and this is when you could, as a kid, you could walk into a store uh, and buy a big ass knife like this. I was in like third grade <laughs> oh and I God. bought it. We had a German. It was, I believe, it was actually a, a Hitler Youth <laughs> knife. That somebody had given my dad while he was actively fighting the war, uh, and brought it brought it back. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, yes, Preston, that stuff was around the house. And as yeah. I said earlier, I brought a Civil War sword into show and tell. But uh, remember, we had a bayonet as well. I was fascinated with the concept of the bayonet. So it'd be cool to kind of find out the history of that. Yeah, it does have a mark on it, and I guess I could. It looks like a letter N. Or an M, I can't quite tell, with a crown over it. That means Nermany. So it was, it was an enemy weapon. Do you remember the year you bought it? Uh, let's see. Third grade, I would it would have been 1978, okay. somewhere around How then? cool were stores like that? Yeah. To go to, go <laughs> to surplus Ed Preston. They would sell dummy grenades. Oh, my God. Yep. They would sell. Well, I told you, another yeah. item I brought for uh, in for uh, show and tell, and I've told this before, it was a Vietnam-era, uh, Vietnam-war-era incendiary bomb. Yeah. Okay, so it was literally a bomb casing. Yeah. It was about two and a half feet long. It was orange, <laughs> had a fin on it, had the front, had a had a had um, an arming pin and everything on it. 
And I had looked it up. It was incendiary, so it was for creating fires is what it would do. It wouldn't explode, but yeah. it would just spread oh, okay. fire all over the place. And it would be for torching villages. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You know, burning babies, what they do. I don't know. <laughs> but but, but uh, bad babies, like German babies. Yeah, German yeah, yeah. babies. Well, yeah. The worst. The Viet Cong. <laughs> Uh, who were fighting at the time, yeah. but uh, but I brought that in. You could bring that in without any concern. <laughs> and listen, I think it's insane that we were able to do that stuff back then. Yes, uh, and there's reasons why you can't do it now. Uh, but I found that stuff fascinating. Me, and my my friend uh, Bubba at the time was his name. <laughs> yeah. We were way into Steve, like playing war. Oh my God, that's what we time. did all the time and with the with the full size GI Joes, and and when you could get your hands on equipment like this, Preston. The when I brought the Civil War full Civil War sword into it was a cavalry sword too. I think it was a cavalry officer brought that into um, into school. I was proud because I had a story attached to it. We just used that sword. My uh, pool had gotten was up uh, above ground pool was frozen, and I ran the sword about fifty times into the frozen <laughs> pool liner. Oh man, uh, my so dad loved that. So it was it was a Civil War era. Sword. sword. Yep. What did you guys ever do? Those things are worth a ridiculous amount of money. I guarantee you, it. My my dad, when we when mother passed away and we moved, my dad held the most crazy garage sale. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like things I had just bought ended up in the garage, in the garage sale. sale. I'm like, where sold where is? <laughs> I wow. sold it. It's like that. This is why you can't run a garage sale. Yeah. So I don't have much to tell other than that I took it to show and tell as right. a kid, and that's just insane. It's a beauty. That yep. this thing was allowed in. Yeah. So would you want to find the history on it? Like, would you want to sure. figure out? I, I yeah, I've had it for a long, long time. You know, it's not something you probably take to Antiques Row Show. There's probably not a yeah. lot of inherent value to it, but I bet there's a story behind it. And, like, so you could talk to a military expert or some weapons expert, and I bet they yeah. could track down, like, the, the rifle that it was used for, the era that it was used, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, probably. It was, it's pretty beat up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Still. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe, A, that they sold it to you. You didn't have a parent with you? I can't remember if you said that. I don't remember. No, okay. You could walk in. Honestly, that, Case, there was, a, there, was a, there was a surplus store in Northport, Long Island. Yeah. You could walk in. I remember. They walk out. I'd buy cigarettes yeah. for my mom. I, I know. Days, you know I mean? But if was, I came <laughs> home with a knife like that, you know, A, if they sold it to me, and then oh. B, if I came home with it, my parents would be like, no. Casey, I, I had a machete as well. <laughs> I couldn't even have nunchucks. We, we I lived, wasn't even allowed to have nunchucks. We lived in a place, uh, this is when I lived in South Carolina when I had this, and uh, and there were woods all over the place around us, so I needed a machete. Yeah. I had to get around in the woods, you know, so. Not only. Crazy. I had a motorcycle, I had a shotgun, <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. I remember buying flying stars. From yeah, they yeah. all sorts of crazy sure. weapons. Yeah. Yes. So somebody messaged on the uh, on the YouTube stream that you should never clean that blade. It's worth more with the patina on it. Oh, I've okay. never heard that before. Mm, I maybe just that's a- the new thing in, in collecting. And, and I was telling President about this. In and with um, automobiles, yeah, you don't restore them. No kidding. You let them if you can find them and let them be their original. Um, you know, with a little bit of rust, a dent, all that is makes huh. it worth more these days. Casey, do you see that? There's like small bits of, of dirt and mud yeah. on there. Mm. That was from me Human. as okay. a kid, you know, jamming it into the ground yeah, or whatever. It's Hitler's blood on there. Maybe that's yeah. what that is. That's what all right, so that's what I have for oh, show and tell. Right. Hey. Do you approve? Uh, I mean, I'm not into weapons. Okay, all right. But uh, it's, okay. it, it's it's good enough. All right, let's get another show and tell. Hey, wait a second. Can I 
I send Kathy down to the cafeteria to get the pints of milk for oh, snack yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah that's I right. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the wagon. <laughs> All right, Mr. Morrison, who gets to go next? The class would like to hear from Casey. But well, Nick has three different things. So if I you know. wanted to, you could do like Nick and then me and then back to Why Nick. Why don't you who, let him the teacher? The teacher? Yeah. Oh, all right. Who went to school for teaching? Okay, well, then you guys got to hang on a second. All right. I gotta get ready here. Oh, all right. I didn't, I didn't realize. He's actually preparing something. He's got goggles on. Yeah, I got goggles. He's got a, 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 an arc welder. Oh. He's pulling right. something out. I can't all tell. Right. He's reaching into his uh, briefcase or backpack or... Kid has a briefcase? Lunchbox or... Okay. <laughs> Hang on a second. What are you... Might, do we right. need to skip you? Turn the, no, no, no. We're good to go. All right. Turn all the right. music off. There. Okay. Oh, lights wait. Please. Oh, lights are over there. Turn the lights off. Oh, my God. Well, this is exciting. Oh, right, what's this all about? All right. Okay. All right, here we go, baby. Right. Oh, he's got music. He's dancing. Oh, look at his shoes. Oh, wait, I can't see. He's got light-up shoes. Oh, I love Those are great. What do they call those? Light-up shoes. And those aren't like what were the ones when you that you got when you were a kid that had just like the back of them would light up? Yeah, oh, like these are much step. better. No, the, these are like on all the time. There's probably an on-off button right on the inside of the shoe. And they change colors and they go all the way around oh the sole of the shoe, like yeah, all the way around. Casey, Casey. I love those. I love it too. You have to wear those a lot more often. I know. Like I the know. Sixers games and stuff. So when did you get those? <laughs> Last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, still show and tell. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. What for show, show and tell? What war is that from? Uh, this was actually, this is the Civil War. This is the end of the Civil War. This is right. what caused the end right. of the Civil War. It was too easy to shoot people in the yep. dark. Casey, yeah. sit back on your chair. Okay. Kick your feet up so we can All see righty. those. If, if you can. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. And Dude, do you like, I love those. Do you hit the button and they'll change colors or they'll yeah. flash? Yeah, he, or? he was just cycling through the different things he could do. Uh, if I may ask, Casey, how much for something? Thirty-seven ninety-nine. That's Shut. nothing. Up. We have I sent Marissa Straight from the, China. Uh, the link. Yes. <laughs> I mean, on the box. Yeah, yeah. Made in China. Made in China. China, Texas, though. Thank Next you. week, they'll be dead. They'll be dead, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is worth 37 bucks for the yeah. Totally. So, uh, thank you, Instagram. You know me so well. Uh, Instagram showed me these things, and I was like, okay, let me go to... Because the ones that caught my eye were American flag ones. Oh, I like those for your birthdays, the 4th of July. But they didn't have them in my size. So how about the, the Chinese flag? No, I didn't. They didn't have a Chinese flag either. Uh, but so I, when I went to the site, they had these ones, the obviously, like, super shiny silver. But they had, like, goldish ones. And, and uh, but, you know, I was like, well, I got to get the silver ones because... Silver goes with more. Well, you know, let me gold. tell you something. These are excellent. Yeah. Those are excellent. Suppressing. That's. I love them. I, yeah. I, I, is it okay if I get a pair? Absolutely. Okay. That's All why right. I'm showing you. You guys so- can walk around at night along the the, the boardwalk. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, uh, so I sent Marissa the link. Uh, she can share that if you want. Uh, what kind of battery does it take? Oh, so it charges. So here, here's okay. You have to run right. really fast. Yeah, you have to run really, really fast. <laughs> runs on like kinetic energy. No, so it it runs like right. this. It's got a battery just, on the inside. You run that right to your pacemaker. Run right to the pacemaker, yeah. and you're good to go. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Uh, Casey, do you mind if, uh, if I ask how much they cost? Thirty five bucks. Oh, Thirty seven ninety nine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thirty eight bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one other question. Yeah. Can you strut around the room one more time? Hell yeah, yeah, I got The music. <laughs> is our camera picking these up? I hope so, man. Because that is that is 
the best, dude. They're awesome. They're really awesome. Thank you. I agree. Uh, I will get them. I agree. I'll gladly like get them. And then, Kathy, you could teach us a little uh, we... short dance routine. Oh, man. All right, here's the deal, though. Whatever our next live event is, we have to do that. We okay. have to order the shoes at the same time so they all, all fail at the same time. <laughs> so they all work yeah. at least for a week. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, within a week, they'll, yeah, they'll be, be garbage. Uh, By the I... way, this is my second pair of light-up shoes. Well, you know what? I think you, because Jace has a pair. He yeah. wore them, like, twice, and then he was like, Like Meh. the regular blinkies? No, no, no. He has what Casey has, okay. and I feel like you told me you sent me the link and that's why i ordered them okay wait the of these like yeah, this, this style not, not like so not uh well, metallic like that the but other yeah. ones that i have are they're a cloth white shoe and the whole shoe lights up with these led lights okay and they're really really cool how much are those probably same those those, those might have been like right. 50 but even do you remember the gloves you could get where the fingertips would all yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's what that sounds like so i Listen, the, the whole battery and LED technology is just taking Cray -cray. fashion to a whole new <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the high fashion. Uh, all right, so all right, I brought something very old. Uh -huh. uh, Casey brought something brand new. brand new. Nick has a troika. And we are playing uh, show and tell. All right, Nick. Show the class what you have. All right, so mine does not come with a light routine or music or the lights going off. Can you dance? Uh, or has been used in a pitch battle during a war. Very little dancing, but I do have three things. Two of them are, are related and from my childhood. The third is something that I've re referenced on the show many times, and so I'll, I'll start with that. It's, Wait, how is it? It's my 1984 oh, Topps yeah. Traded oh my God. Doc Gooden autographed rookie baseball card. Wow. And, uh, was this a Hampton Inn? Uh, this was the George Washington Motor Lodge right <laughs> off of 202. There's a Home Depot there now. Uh, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry were there signing autographs. It was 8 bucks a pop to get their autographs. And, and how much is it worth now? At least uh, $4. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I bet you if I could uh, find a Mets fan who was willing to, uh, right, to right. buy it, I could probably sell it. But uh, at the time, I, I bought it. I bought it from Classic Collectibles in uh, the Gateway Shopping Center, and uh, it cost me $30 to buy, and then I paid $8 more for the autograph. Well, and at this point, you have to keep it. I mean, it's part of, oh, yeah. it's part of the legend. Yeah. It, is, it is mint condition. And so, so you have Daryl Strawberry, and do you have Doc Gooden as well? The, well, this is the Doc Gooden. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah, yeah. So this is the Doc Gooden. And, and by the way, on, on the front of it says um, Dwight Gooden, and on the back it says Dwight Gooden, but he signed it. Doc Gooden. So um, that this, might make that might make it more worthwhile. Yeah, he signed it with his nickname. Tops put out a few different uh, collections every year. Yeah. So they would put out like their normal um, baseball card set, and then they would put out like rookies sets or traded collections or limited or whatever. This was a Tops traded, which made it a little bit more rare and a little bit more collectible. Why? Why is it not worth much? Did Doc just fizzle out as a baseball well, player? That had part to do with it, um, but in large part, it's just the glut of baseball cards that came out okay. in the eighties in the and yeah. the early nineties. There was this. It was. Uh, it was like cash. Well, it was kind of like um, Bitcoin at the time, yeah, or yeah. whatever. I mean, people spent so much mm -hmm. money. There was an investment dollar figure attached to it, uh, but I don't know if these things were ever worth that. But people were willing to pay for that, so that's what they cost at the time. So, um, yeah, it's my my very classic. 1984 Doc Gooden signed baseball card. Right? And I knew this was going to happen. When I saw Nick's stuff, I because when we originally talked about this, I had something, and when we said we were going to do it, I couldn't remember. I remember what... You remember what it is? I remember oh, what good. it is. All yep. right, well, we'll, we'll, yep. we'll do this again. All right. Yeah, if we do it again, I, I know what it is. I just thought of something now. I, I thought of something that I, I, I have to fix it, but I'll bring it in. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Nick, what else do you have? So the other two are, are interrelated, and uh, I don't know if you guys ever had this book, but I got this when I was probably five or six. 
six years old. It's called My Book About Me. Oh, my God, I have that. Okay, okay. so, Casey, you and I are the same age. Yeah. And it's a Dr. Seuss book. It's uh, Dr. Seuss and Roy McKee, and basically they ask you... Question. 150 right. questions about yeah. yourself, and and you fill them in as a five or six oh, year old. See, my book was. Uh, I think I got ripped off. My book is my book about Nick McElwain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Weird. You Which didn't even like, know him. I then. didn't even know him. Then. But, that's um, great. I was. Uh, you could do some drawings. So here's a drawing of oh, a son. That's so cute. And, and a hamburger. A, a guy, no, 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 Preston. That's not a hamburger. hamburger? Hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I can guess what that Airplane? is. Airplane? No. I think it's the ocean. No. Uh, wait, look. It's gonna... a guy with a lot of eyes and noses. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Wait, yeah. how do you remember that? Uh, because I, I remember going over this with my mom at one point, and she, okay. you know, Nick doesn't deal. have many childhood memories. <laughs> yeah, he just recalls one or two. I had to write them down. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's one thing you should know: Am I a boy or am I a girl? Well, I'll tell you: I am a dot 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 boy. Hey, I weigh sixty pounds. How tall am I? Four feet. My How giant teeth. is my head. <laughs> <laughs> I counted my teeth. I have thirteen up top. I have eleven downstairs. You draw your hand, you know, so it's little things like that. Do this, do this, is that book still available? I think it's an adorable concept. I, I, I want to so. fill it out. That's my hair color. See, I drew in a little oh. bit blonder oh. hair when I was a young boy. Oh. And so that's blonde with some little bit of brunette there. Yeah. yeah. How old you were you at like? the time? I think you were doing the ombre look before it became popular. I think it was five or six, but there are some pop culture references on here. Okay. Um, like including my favorite song. Where in the world I would like to live. Here's my address. What's your favorite song? Where would you say, where would you like to live? Um, both of them. Answer both questions. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Let's yeah. see. Where would I like to live? I got to go back to that one. All right. Uh, Somewhere in Hawaii. The beach. In, oh, I, I live in the United States. I uh, circled the United States, and then I played tic-tac-toe on that beach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then England apparently made the list. And then uh, what song? I want to hear I want to hear a favorite song. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Wow. All the way back then. I know you <laughs> Can you find it, or I'm is looking it, for it? Through the page. Hey, um, and the book is still available. It's on Amazon for ten bucks. That's okay. adorable. It Ooh. is sixty steps from my tree to my to the mailbox. My favorite color back at the time was red. Apparently, I owned one hundred and seventy buttons. Wow! Oh, you would go around and get autographs from uh, people in your life. So. Like- I- <laughs> uh, yeah, right? That's, maybe that's what started it. My, my Aunt Anne signed it. My Michael, Uncle Michael signed it. Uh, our mailman, Ralph K. Lapp, signed Your it. Your mailman? Yeah. Uh, I got a policeman's autograph. I got okay. an oh, autograph yeah. of a man with a beard. Don't you think that's amazing for a kid to do that? To, to basically be interviewed, but to talk about, you know, to be able to express what they're experiencing. It's cool. Yeah, it was really fun, and I'm glad that I found it. I, I don't know if it was in my mom's house or in my house when I moved or whatever, but uh, I like to collect leafs. Rocks, food, there, there you go, food, <laughs> and, and autographs. So uh, this is, uh, this is uh, okay, what else do you, uh, Nick, what else do you have for the class? Well, all right, so uh, I was trying if to find If you're just tuning in, we're, uh, this is a show and tell. On well, the you do the next item, show. give me, and I'll look through it and see yeah. if I can find anything. And if I, if I were to get a birthday present that year, and I, I know that I didn't get it, but what I wanted was, more than anything in the world, a BMX bike. Wow. That's a good one. One of, the, one of the questions, what kind of woman are you attracted to? That's a good one. <laughs> and then this is just something that was, um, we can go over it if you want, but it's, it's an autobiography that I wrote of myself uh, in sixth grade. So I, oh. I used sort of that as inspiration or whatever. A Nick in Time. The title what of it is. a great title. Wow. A Nick in Time, yeah. And right. I believe uh, I had to write the, uh, the title page, Casey, had to appear in perfect cursive. Wow. So that's where I did that. So these guys were stored next to each other. Um, read a little bit of that, yeah. if you would. Please. All right. Uh, I'd, I'd like de- to hear the dedication. Some of it. Okay. 
Shatner. Yeah, call me Ishmael. Chapter <laughs> one. <laughs> Although I've only been alive for 11 years and 11 months, I think I've had an interesting life so far. I know that I've been lucky to do many things and go many places and have had opportunities that other children have not had. You wrote this? Yeah. Wow. I, I am thankful for the good... I had a ghostwriter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am thankful for these good things and also for being a part of a strong, loving family. Well, that's nice. Uh, my family background is rather unusual. My mother is Irish and Italian. Her mother's parents, my maternal great-grandparents, were born in uh, in Ireland and came to America in the early 1920s. I knew both of my great-grandparents, Martha and James Kelly, and I got to spend um, a, quite a bit of time with them when I was a baby before they died. That's, I mean, it's, it's very good writing. Really? Yeah. Do, you, do you mention the raisins and the meatballs, which I'm a fan of? <laughs> I don't, but here's, here's an interesting fact. I think I may have mentioned this on the air at one point. Um, this is about my mom, Mom Kelly. She did whatever jobs she could, waitressing, house cleaning, caring for other children, and she got a job as a cashier for the Acme supermarket near her home in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. She made seventeen fifty a week with the Acme and raised four daughters. Wow. Her second daughter, Martha, was my was my mother's mother. She died of cancer when she was forty seven before I was born. I'm sorry I never knew her. I, I think we <laughs> I think we really would have liked each other. Is she, Nick, is she the is she the aunt that said cassette? Uh, that was my dad's mom. Oh, okay. had, the, had the cassette player. Yeah. So there's also all sorts of different chapters in here. And, That's, and did that you yeah. have that is so freaking wonderful. <laughs> Here's a it, uh, picture it, of me when I was five months old. I'll hold it for, for the camera. But Casey, you mentioned the big head. Oh, oh my, god, my god. god! Oh, I thought that was a jack o' lantern. <laughs> uh, and look at how tiny, tiny you have written uh, quite a bit of text in this book. Oh, is that Nick? tight? Well, it's uh, tight. Okay, I couldn't tell from here. So, well, this is written, but the the uh, yeah the portion of the autobiography is tight. And your mom held on to this. Yeah. See, I think if if wow. my mom had been around, I think she would have yeah. had a story. I, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I I've kept a lot of stuff like that that my kids. I have. think moms would probably. Oh my God! Here's my dog from 1986. Tugger. Oh, Tugger. As a puppy, and then it's um, a picture, right? It's not in there. Yeah, and then here's. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> and here's uh, me, my mom, and my two brothers uh, at Disney World in the spring of 1985 with another dog, Pluto. Hey, Nick, has your son, uh, has Ben seen this? He's not. Oh, no. no. I think we'll, that would we'll share it this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I want to go through that. I want to look at Tucker. My, <laughs> my, my dad, he, he spoke into a, a digital recorder for about four or five hours in different segments. That's cool. And gave me a chronicle of yeah, our early lives and everything, and I'm, I'm going through it right now. Wow. That's really cool, Nick. Yeah. Nice. That's well awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and then, then third? Uh, well, I think we're... We don't know what the third thing. Oh, that was your third? Yeah, Doc Gooden, the Book of Me, and the... Yeah, May I see all you guys had books. good stuff. And yeah. by the way, Nick, a uh, number of people are texting in saying that your Doc Gooden card is worth about $445. Ooh. Oh, sell it to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that I'm an artist. Uh, this is a bird. <laughs> With a penis. Now, uh, I think... That's a tail. That's, no. Oh, that's, no, 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 that's no. a red tail, penis. But it does look swallow. like a penis. That's, that's the a... Dr. Seuss bird. That's right. the bird I drew. <laughs> uh, nice job, Nick McElwain. Thank you. Uh, it's show and tell. And I, I think we have time for Marissa, right? Yeah. Uh, we can oh do, we can do another, a quick one. Marissa, what do you have for the class? She she just ran out of her office. Yeah. So she, she didn't was know she was going to be doing it. Yeah, she was telling me out uh, before we started the segment. She had one just in case... Uh, we didn't have enough, or we had we had too much time. She's filling yeah. out one of those Dr. Seuss books right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. she wasn't sure if, if this if the segment didn't go anywhere, and we had we had extra time, we could put her in. But we she got a big package. We got of. just enough to do another one, and then we got a break because we have some guests coming up in a moment. All right, Marissa, is that a, oh, what is that? A canned ham? Oh, my God.
You just dump something heavily All on right. the counter. I mentioned this before, and you guys kind of lit up. And it lives in my house, and I get to see it every day, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Okay. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is an old-time uh, adding machine. Oh, wow. Or the calculator, if you will, but it's a type that you would find in like a store, and you pull the lever down, and you... the clerk would uh, would print up your receipt. Or at Magnata and Sons office in South Philadelphia, because this was my grandmother's adding machine where she kept the books. Let's hear some noise from that. Let's hear it. Crank it. There you go. That's really cool. That's awesome. When my my grandparents had one, it was a little bit bigger than that, and as a kid. I played with it all the oh, yeah. time. I love. You're it. fascinated, Preston. You, uh, we used to have the old, you know, uh, Underwood typewriters. I mean, the real old, you know, uh, the, the kind of stuff Tom Hanks collects. And uh, they're, uh, you're, you're fascinated by them as a kid. Wait, so are these bells? Yeah. Uh, no, no. That should be where the printer uh, ribbon is. Oh, maybe that's why it doesn't print anymore. Well, it's, yeah, so yeah. There's a ribbon that goes between those. It's a. It's a, There's two um, reels. Uh, technically, Preston, it's an adding machine slash Sibian. <laughs> it's about that size. So there's um, still like a. There's still a, a addition, or there's still numbers on it from the last thing my grandmother typed because my grandmother like never stopped working. So my dad or my grandfather probably just like handed her a calculator and she just like swapped it out. <laughs> was like, all right, I'm done with these numbers, and boom, on to the next thing. What was it? Was it an accounting firm? Uh, uh, what was it? Was it was a HVAC plumbing company. Oh, okay. So they were right there on uh, Snyder Avenue, and my uh, grandmother was in the office and kept the book. See, I want something like, oh, okay, I have another yeah. idea then. Okay. You guys are giving, Kathy, do you have any ideas now? You said you oh, do? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. I know. I remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple is. more things, so I'll, I'll be ready for <laughs> another show. I think, frankly, I think you guys all killed it. Uh, yeah, this says it's a Burroughs Bur- portable adding machine. Look at how portable it is. Only weighs 112 pounds. <laughs> oh, and my this, God. This is the type of thing that if you were at a general store or something like that, because my grandparents owned a general store. And and that's what they would use to uh, ring up the receipts. And, and Preston, you put this in like like an antique store out, you know, uh, yeah, uh, in any uh, remote area, and uh, you know, a little extra dust on it, you could sell it for a lot of money. Yeah, totally. I bet you could, right? I mean, these things, people love these uh, oh, yeah. these things. Yeah, I was in a store this just this weekend, and they had things like this all over decorating How much? the store. How, oh, I'm sorry. But, no, it was literally it was a clothing store, and oh. this was just filling out the shelves. So, okay. do you is that out as decoration in your house? It is. Just, yeah, it's in Marissa's all my. Got- I'm sorry to interrupt. She's got some cool antiques. You have antique cameras, uh, radios, uh, or have you started doing radios? Yet? I'd love to get it. I have radio. a radio. That's my boyfriend's grandfather. So all the cameras you'll see in like a Zoom call or um, when I did my TV show, they were in the background. Those are all my grandparents. They're kind of like the ones that you look down at. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you look down yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's everything from my grandparents, the old ones, like the Polaroid ones, to the ones my dad used in the '60s and like the '70s. A Browning camera, like the the. the one like that from yeah. my grandfather, right. yeah, and then a Nikon from my parents and things like that. And then I have photos that I realized later that were, like, developed on that and are printed and hanging on my wall from those cameras. Cool. Wow. Oh, excellent. Well done, That's Marissa. That's awesome. Oh, Thanks, guys. Show and tell. Show and tell.
ever Preston and Steve show, show and tell. And uh, hopefully you had a chance to see some of the stuff you watched. Follow us on uh, on YouTube. You were able to take a peek at Casey's uh, light-up shoes and Nick's novel about his life and my bayonet that I brought in to third grade. <laughs> All right, so now we've given some ideas to yes, Steve and Kathy. Yes. Next time I think we'll have a full class participation. Absolutely. Yeah, and yes. I, I sent you guys the link for my shoes. You guys might want to get them now before everybody gets them. <laughs> we'll be back in a few. 93.3 WMMR presents Concert Cash. Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Plus, tickets to MMRBQ this September. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash ticket window. Get the keyword. Enter it at WMMR.com or on the MMR app. You can also text it to 45911. Each winner from MMR gets a grand in cash. And two tickets to MMRBQ in September. The official rules at WMMR.com. Oh, and set a reminder for Monday at 8 a.m. when we reveal MMRBQ's live and on-sale info. It's Concert Cash. Sponsored by Meineke. Tires, brakes, batteries, and more. Doing car care right. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest has an album out. It is called The Chaos and the Beauty. And a couple of gigs this weekend. We're going to the Always Sunny podcast at the Met on Saturday, uh, Sunday and Monday. You will see him performing with his band, who are all here with us this morning. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Don McCluskey yeah. is here. Hey, Don, how are you? Good, man. It's good to be here. Nice to see you yes. and everyone with you. Yeah, we brought the whole crew, almost. Seven pieces all together here. How many, uh, When if you say almost, how many more people could you possibly uh, cram into this band? A key player. A key player will be there. Okay. The uh, well, listen, you guys were, were warming up. Um, here's what I'd like to do. Yeah. I, I, I want to. I want you to go ahead and play right now. Okay. I, I, want, I want this to get yeah. out on the radio because we were having so much fun while you guys were jamming. Oh, I mean, like I'm over here dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it got me in such a mood. The song, the first song you were playing here was that was first in flight, first right? In flight, yeah. Okay. And this is uh, this is a single. Now this was on Mythic Quest, right? Was the song used? Yeah. yeah. It was uh, the season two uh, finale episode. Okay. And yeah. the reason I want you to go ahead and play right now. And you premiered it here. Yes, 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 exactly. I want I want our program director Bill Weston to hear this. Yeah, um, and I want him to hear it right now because it just sounds awesome. And then we'll chat a little bit if that's that cool great. with you. Yeah, All right. Great. So this is Don McCloskey. This song is first in flight. Wait till you hear this <laughs> on MMR. Here we go. Yeah, I'm standing, I'm on feet Oh, I'm running to the light 
Just tuning in, Don McCloskey. Hang on a second. I gotta I have to finish my pina colada. <laughs> uh, that music just makes me feel that was good. Cool that you guys did the conga line. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. That, was cool. I, that. music like that just makes my heart swell. Makes me feel good. You're having uh, a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. I'm <laughs> sweating. That's what you have angina. I have diarrhea. No, Preston. <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of in, in the best comparison? Uh, the Graceland. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sound. We'll, we'll well, take Graceland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a, a multitude of others, but that's uh, yeah. one of the ultimate feel-good, um, you know, musicianship, uh, Ladysmith, Black Bombas, all, all those things yeah, that gel together. That yeah, all those Right, right, right. Really, we're drawing uh, from there as well. It's a good vibe. Guitar, yeah, the yeah. Fuku's guitar lines are pretty evocative of, sure. you know, uh, Peter Gabriel's soul and yeah, yeah. And, and you, and, you've, yeah. you've got the the full percussion sound, the the backup vocals. Everything is just uh, it's a very full sound and a very happy. So uh, my question about that song, I'm so caught up in the in the melody and rhythm and all that stuff. 
I'm, I'm not even paying attention to what you're singing. What oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, me neither. What's Don't it worry. about? Yeah, okay, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> What's it about? What's first in flight about? The lyric is uh, just a place though. Um, it's really about um, North Carolina's uh, license plates. That's really yeah. yeah. Oh, no. First in flight. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I've listened, Don. I've listened to the record a bunch. I love the song, and and it took me about six or seven listens before you you talk about the Orville uh, and and uh, Wilbur Wright. So they're like yeah, there's yeah. Wright Brothers references. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. actually talking about first in flight, and then I realized, it was, oh, I think there's like plane references in here. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was initially inspired uh, by David McCullough's book. Uh, the Wright Brothers, mm-hmm. not the Wright Brothers. And, you know, I used to go to um, the Outer Banks as a kid uh, for vacation. And, you know, it was in my in my mind somewhere. And then I read the book uh, by David McCullough. And the story of them overcoming what they had to overcome in order to achieve uh, flight. And that's awesome that you have the first in flight. Yeah, we've got the uh, we got a license plate up here. So what, what, what gave you the... Um, and, and then that's the extension, like, for anything that we're... Uh, you, anything that anyone's trying to overcome. Like, okay. As a metaphor. For, as a metaphor. Yes, okay. To take a leap of faith in your life about whatever obstacle you're you know, is presenting itself to you at the time. Okay, because I was going to say a song about just, uh, you know, the Wright Brothers and giving it that Caribbean flavor is kind of an odd pairing, but uh, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> well, well, if I could request like, a song about Alexander Graham Bell, that would be awesome. <laughs> First in phone. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, we go yeah. through Eli Whitney. Eli Whitney, yeah. the Connie Jen. Yeah, all, yeah. Well, it was really Nikola Tesla who, uh, <laughs> first, uh, um, this song is both of them. This one goes out to Madden Curie. <laughs> shout out to Madden. Uh, speaking of shout outs, uh, let's meet your, your band members, if you don't yeah. mind going around the room and introducing, yes. uh, people. People and what well, they play. Yeah, this is Sean Hennessy on percussion here. Very cool. Uh, hey, Hennessy. Here's what we <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sean Hennessy. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, Matt Kepler on bass. Cool. Uh, uh, Matt is uh, on bass, and we don't have a song for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, everybody from the Philly region, or? Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah? Oh, oh, that's, that's awesome. Excellent. Yeah. All right, and who else? Uh, Chuck Stubb. On bass. Uh, nice. No, he plays drums, right? These are the drums, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The I'll ba- do the, the bass drums. You do the instruments. All right. Very good. Yes. Um, Chuck Stobb in the name of love. That's his. Uh, yeah. Stobb in the name of love. I love it. Hannah Taylor here on uh, nice. backup vocals. Hello. Hello. Really front of vocals. <laughs> We're all singing together. So this is Hannah Taylor. Yeah. Hello, Hannah. Sarah B. Mueller. Yay. Which Hi. means beekeeper in German. It's is that true. It is oh. very true. Yeah. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross Belenois on uh, guitar. Very good. Excellent. Tasty. One of the great uh, Philadelphia guitarists right here. Have you guys all been, uh, most of you guys together for quite a while? Or is uh, the band uh, members yeah, so kind of come and go? We did the record uh, together. Uh, most of us were on the record together. And uh, so that was, that's been, what, four years? <laughs> yeah, no, that took a long time to do. But So we've been together since the record. And then uh, we've been playing for about a year. Okay. Because yeah. Last time you were here, I believe, is when uh, you wrote "Unstoppable." That's uh, right uh, for oh, the for right. the Phils. Yes, that was a uh, great band, but different band, and also right. Philly. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, that was uh, Chuck Treese and um, Tom Spiker, and yeah, okay. we, we did the uh, "Unstoppable." What's the uh, anthem? Anthem yeah. for, yeah. The, for the Phillies, yeah, the Phillies, yeah, right. which was great. But that was several years ago. That was 2009 after they'd won in 2008. It was Gorilla Delphia, and, and uh, yeah. We, yeah. we played it quite a bit, and yeah. uh, it was terrific. It was yeah. somehow got George won the World Series. <laughs> That's, yeah. right. That's how long ago. Yeah. And now we're going to be back in the playoffs this year, so maybe a 2022 version. Yeah, of it. all right. Let's maybe call this one Stoppable. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> we've been playing Stoppable for ten years. Yeah. Easily stopped for two decades. Yeah, there is.
is a lot of stopping us. It's not as preposterous as we previously. <laughs> Uh, now, your your relationship with uh, with Rob uh, yes. McElhenney, uh, you know, obviously I had mentioned uh, Mythic Quest that the uh, that the song First in Flight uh, yeah. was in uh, season two. Uh, you guys uh, have a long history. You grew up together or yes. went to school We're together? Close. We're not um, like colonoscopy close. Yeah. Right? That's like, you know, yeah. that's Ryan Reynolds and he are, are that close. Right. You know? yeah. But uh, no, uh, we, <laughs> we went to high school together. We've been friends for 20, uh, 30, 30 years at this point. Okay. Yeah. And I love yeah. how he, um, listen, he's over there and he's doing big things, uh, but he does not forget where he came from, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it, it does as much with and for, you know, the people that he loves and, and, and loves here in Philadelphia. Yeah. I was talking to my, my friend uh, who is friends with his sister. And his sister wrote my favorite episode of Mythic Quest. Yeah. It was a standalone uh, episode. She's amazing. Katie McElhaney is absolutely incredible and very gifted writer. Um, and that episode is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She, she did a standalone episode for Mythic Quest. Um, that the name of the episode I can't remember, but you should check it out. Okay, <laughs> first season, very very good. Yeah, just to say it into your remote; it'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, did you did you pitch yeah. uh, Rob on on trying to get the song into the uh, uh, the soundtrack? So, or Mythic did... Quest, no. So we um, he came to the studio when we were recording. Mm -hmm. uh, they were premiering the first season of Mythic Quest at like a theater down the street. Uh, you know, in Brooklyn, um, Alamo Draft House. I don't think any of this matters. Um, <laughs> then uh, he stopped by the Two studio. Two dollar wings every Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the whole yeah. menu. <laughs> He's like, Two for one. Yeah. Two for one Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> but I digress. Easy part. So he was like, <laughs> they were premiering the show. They were premiering the show. He stopped by the studio. He heard uh, all the songs early on. When it was finished, um, I sent him some of the tracks. And I, and he was like, oh, this is great. We talked about the album for a little bit. And a couple, maybe weeks or two months later, I get a text. Uh, Do you mind if we use uh, First in Flight uh, for the end of, you know, for the finale of the season two. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, let me, let me <laughs> sit on this for a little bit. <laughs> Pretty uh, protective of the uh, licensing. <laughs> no, let it me ask great. you. It was perfect. It, it was actually like perfectly, uh, sorry, um, it was used in the uh, like n narrative. It oh, was, it was used very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you felt that it was not appropriate Right, right, or that it was. Oh, so, oh, yeah. If you felt protective of it, oh, if it was way do you have off, the kind of relationship with Rob where you just say, oh, oh yeah, I don't I'm, think he would even. I, I, he wouldn't even be like, can we use it if it was way off? Right, okay, it's yeah. perfect. I mean, if you've <laughs> yeah. seen the, it's that's the reason it's on there. It yeah. really is uncanny. Uh, they were looking for a song. You know, they were editing, putting different things in uh, for that moment. Yeah, it does completely and work. Yeah, it's, it's the two main characters who are about to embark on their next yeah. uh, mission, and it's like. Uh, leap of faith is, you know, <laughs> the, the line leap of yeah. faith comes on right at that moment and sails into the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, good. Don, I want to thank you. Uh, you've been enormously flexible. We were supposed to have you in like two months ago, and then I think you got oh, COVID, and then you. like yeah. a couple of people here got COVID, and it's just been a, a work in progress. So thanks for adjusting. But now we're doing it right in front of the, the It's Always Sunny podcast at the Met. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about like what you guys are going to do? Because sure. I think the podcast itself, they don't quite know what it's going to be like out on stage, <laughs> right, yeah. but they do know that you're going to be there for it. Yes. Yeah, we're going to open up uh, the, the, you know, it's a live podcast. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone knows what that's going to be. <laughs> it's like, it's a television show. 
It's a podcast based on a television show. It's a live show of a podcast yeah. based on a television show. <laughs> right, right. Well, Here's some music in the beginning. Yeah. But it's going to be awesome. It's sold out. And obviously, it's just going to be a great uh, hang. And it's at the Met. And it's going to be a better venue. It couldn't be a better, like, reason, you know, yeah. to be there. So it's, you yeah. guys are going to do a set ahead of time before the uh, podcast? Or uh, how's it going to work out? Are you the house band? Wait, no, no, no. We're doing a set beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Anybody else playing that night? Or just uh, you guys? No, I think we open it up. And then it's uh, it's podcast time. Okay. Yeah. When did the album? When did you when did you complete it? When is it? Uh, when did it become available? Uh, the album uh, in at the end of April. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's so uh, it's available on Spotify. It's fully out there. Um, yeah. You premiered it here. Uh, yep, first I remember. Flight. Yeah. And it's the first song to a million uh, streams on Spotify. Because I think it's because of you guys. That's, oh, that's what I think. That's well, what I think. And the Alamo Draft House. And the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> Shout out two for one Tuesdays. Don't miss chicken wings. And, and Have you picked up any sponsors along the way? <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's not forget you guys were a local shot for Jackson. So uh, Jackson yeah. gets some credit for Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Jackson's been great uh, uh, from the beginning. Like he's right. uh, been playing local shots um, for, yeah, my, yeah, since my second album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Jackson. Well, let's get another song. Uh, the album is called. Uh, the Chaos and the Beauty. Yes. And uh, what song would you like to play now, Don? Uh, this next one is, oh, you know what? It's from the record that, we, that I was just talking about. It's from uh, Northern Liberties. And uh, the song is called Son of It All. And it's uh, about growing up in the area and, and more. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Yeah, yeah. Son of It All. And if you're headed to the Always Sunny podcast event, uh, either on Sunday or Monday, you'll be able to see the band performing live. Uh, so make sure that you get there early and uh, get ready to be entertained. So uh, Don McCloskey... On MMR, here we go. One, two, three.
ball of wax, the human race, stranded and spinning and hurling through space. Some of the mess we're in, some of those who don't know where to begin, some of those who have given up and given in, some of those who rise above our time, whose eyes burn with fire, some of those whose tongues cannot tell lies, some of those who shine, some of the sages who blaze throughout the ages, some of the prophets who bleed on pages, whose words alone can cut the bone and move mountain ranges. Can I join your band? Yeah, me too. Uh, drums. Can I please Sorry. join your band? Wow. Uh, Just have double drummers. It'll be yeah. Triple yeah. drummers. Hey, yeah. man, 38 Special did it, brother. We yeah, can it's true. They were yeah. all did caught I, up in us. You? That's right. At, at Union? Uh, yes. With the drum? What's that? Yeah, were you banging on the drum with the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I opened the Union game. Yeah. Bring that. I'll bring that drum. And a little bottom end for you guys. Uh, If you're just tuning in, uh, Don McCloskey and his band are here this morning. The Chaos and the Beauty is out now. It's the album. Uh, They're going to be playing at the uh, the Always Sunny podcast. Are there other, uh, what's a a tour uh, situation? Anything going on now or later on? Or is it just kind of continuing on? The shows at the uh, Met are sold out. Right. Uh, The album release at Ardmore Music Hall. October 14th. There that's you go. That's the one. That's okay. right that's up on one. that. That's the yeah. whole band, the whole crew. Cool. Um, so that's the album release. And then we go to the West West Coast um, in the beginning of the year. Okay. And do the tour there. Then we come back and we'll tour the uh, East Coast. Okay. And then hopefully we get to the middle part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just harder. It's like four hours uh, in between uh, everything. Right. Well, in the K- middle. Casey's so, going to be seeing some of that. He's, yeah. going, he's heading out on you the road. You may set up some uh, tour dates for you yes. in Missouri. And- <laughs> yes. Sorry. Is there a, um, there are Alamo dress houses in yeah. each of these, uh, <laughs> in every city. So yeah, we can, yeah, yeah. The Alamo draft house, house band. <laughs> oh my God. The album is called uh, The Chaos and the Beauty. And uh, like Don said, you can, you can get that now. You can get it on Spotify, download it. It's low. Local. Yeah. It's awesome. By the way, the person that did the download, uh, manager at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> I think they're required uh, to do that. But Tuesday, two for Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, you guys sound wonderful. Uh, congratulations on this Thank great you. body of work that you've created, and uh, enjoy these shows with uh, Rob and friends. And then 
Uh, we'll remind people about that show. October 14th, you said? Yes, that's right. October 14th, Ardmore Music Hall. Okay. Great Tickets venue. on sale now, but not for long. Okay. That's All right. The, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Honestly, thank you for you got it. All right, we're going to take a break. Stay put. We'll be right back, my friend. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Power trip in Indio, California. Three nights, six legendary bands. Friday, Guns N' Roses. And Iron Maiden. Saturday, ACDC. And Ozzy Osbourne. Sunday, Metallica. And Tool. October 6th, 7th, and 8th at Empire Polo Club, home of Coachella. Register now at powertrip.live. Tickets on sale Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Golf's first major is a tradition unlike any other, and now you can bet on who you think will win Augusta on Fandle in partnership with Valley Forge. Right now, all customers get bonus bets back if your Augusta winner doesn't win, but finishes in the top 10. I think you can choose one of those. And there is no better place to get in on the action, all in an app that is easy to use. There are so many different betting options on Fandle, and when you win, you get paid instantly. So drive down Magnolia Lane and swing for betting the first major. Visit Fandle.com slash WMMR and get bonus bets back if your Augusta winner pick doesn't win but finishes in the top 10. That's Fandle.com slash WMMR. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $25 unless otherwise specified. See full terms at Fandle.com slash book. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look, folks, here's the deal. I'm running. Heck, I may even run again after that. Well, I'm running right now, and I can tell you, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Everyone's running to Springfield. Springfield Mitsubishi for one time down. Three locations in Springfield, Reading, and Atlantic City. No joke. Every vehicle, one dime down. They are doing things like you wouldn't believe with credit amnesty. If you bring home three fifty a week, you can get up to twenty-five thousand dollars in credit. Twenty-five grand. Brand new Mitsubishi's from seventeen five. Seventeen five, Jack. Woo. And two point nine percent financing. Two point nine percent at Springfield Mitsubishi. You get a ten year one hundred thousand mile warranty. I'm not kidding around here. With only one dime down, it's big league. Everyone's got a reason to run. To Springfield, Springfield Mitsubishi. Three locations in Springfield, Reading, and Atlantic City. They service all makes and models. E23 Mirage, 17.5 down, down to 77 a month for 75 months at 5.55% APR. The tax title to qualify buyers. When it's time for your next set of tires, the pros at Pep Boys have you covered. Trusted for over a century, Pep Boys provides expert tire installation with a free comprehensive vehicle inspection to get you back on the road safely. Pep Boys has the tire brands you trust, like Michelin, Goodyear, and Continental, at incredible low prices backed by a price match guarantee. Make an appointment today at PepBoys.com or visit one of over 60 Pep Boys locations in the Philadelphia area. Virtua Health is here for you, all of you. Here for the run of the mills, the out of the blues, here for everything in between. And with our Rowan University partnership, we're here rethinking the way academic medicine feels. Welcome to a more convenient, smarter healthcare experience. And that's more good for everyone. 
Find a Virtua physician or location near you at Virtua.org. Virtua Health, now more than ever, here for good. Sorry, but we actually have a wait list for our Monstera. Shaw's greenhouse is really bringing in the green. We can't keep snake plants and stuff. She needs a construction manager to build on her roots and grow. We could add a whole section for ferns. Here we'd have dahlias, dahlias, and more dahlias. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Board owner and Ram, this is Radio 30 entitled Truly Truck Month Radio. Ram 30, code CRNRRB23000. This is the full Cermix here on 222.23. Re-entering Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500 with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light-duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by J.D. Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Peanut butter, candy cakes, tasty crimpets, too. But wait, fresh new packaging, more colors with the blue. The treats are the same, yet still tried and true. It's tasty cake, yeah, tasty cake, except no substitutes. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. Why should you hire the largest injury firm in the world for your injury case? Lots of people hired us. We've collected over $15 billion and won a lot. Morgan & Morgan, For the People. Visit ForThePeople.com for an office near you. Meineke has you covered with semi-synthetic oil changes starting at $29.95 and full synthetic oil changes starting at $59.95. That's up to five quarts, standard filter, plus disposal fees. Is your car warning bell dinging? Is that check engine light on? That ding or that light really can mean any number of things. It could be something as simple as a loose gas cap, or it could be something much more serious. It might need your attention right away. And you can find out at your local Meineke. Right now, save $10 when you spend $50, save $20 when you spend $100, and save $50 when you spend $400 or more. Bad brakes got you raking your personal swear jar record? Give your brakes and your budget a bit of a break with 50% off of brake pads and shoes at your local Meineke Car Care Center. Did you know all Meinekes are locally owned and operated? To find out more information about your local Meineke Service Center or to schedule your service appointment today, go to their website. It's Meineke.com. Once again, that's Meineke.com. Meineke really does do it all. Tires and brakes, batteries, exhaust systems, and so much more. Meineke, doing car care right. From Jenkintown to Juniata Park. Your home for everything that rocks. We are... 33 WMMR Philadelphia For fun things to do this weekend, Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Get social with Preston and Steve. 
Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. A go-getter like you never stops learning. ODU Global offers online undergraduate classes with around-the-clock support and individualized advising. We'll help you transfer your credits, finish your degree, and take your career to the next level. ODU Global, the boost you need for bigger things. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Is our guest ready to go, Case? Yep. Okay, excellent. So excited to speak to her. Yeah. Nary a day goes by where I'm not quoting one movie that she's been in. You just did the other day. I was Fish quoting Wanda. Fish Called Wanda yesterday, and you never know, trading places. There's so many great movies. True Lies will throw stuff yeah. out. But uh, she is on to speak of... A um, podcast, it's a comedy podcast uh, that is now headed into its third season. It debuts today. It's a family comedy. Creator and actor, it's called Letters from Camp. Please welcome the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis to the program. Jamie Lee, good morning. Are you there? You, know what? It looked, it, you made it sound like there were like a hundred people in your studio. And there's like two people. You're all drinking water. You're wearing muscle tees. What I love about radio is that I can see you, but you can't see me. Oh, come on. So you see our muscle tees then. I see everything. Wow, you, you, you've exposed us. Uh, well, congratulations on this third season, uh, Jamie Lee, of uh, Letters from Camp. And to be honest, I'm glad you're out promoting this. I had been unaware of this. I don't know if I'm the target audience, but I did a little I listening. Don't think you, <laughs> yeah, but, I don't think you're the target audience, but um, usually the audience has hair. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what, I, what I would say is that most tweens um, are the target audience, but it is a family show. It's a it's a comedy about going away to sleepaway camp in 2005. A little girl named Looky Hooper. It's really funny. It's got really funny performances, great guest stars. It's about something. It's good. No, I think the idea is wonderful, and I love this sort of um, um, uh, presentation. You say you yourself benefited from going to camp. You loved your camp experience, correct? I thought camp was the greatest thing. I love camp because you can invent yourself. You get a chance to be a new version of you. You get to try on new personalities you you get freedom you know you're not you're not bound by your parents and your school life and i thought summer camp was was about freedom and letters from camp which is it's our final season it's only this is it this is this is our last hurrah we have a great guest star who uh jacob tremblay comes Uh in as as the heartthrob of the camp Named Tallahassee Goldman. <laughs> I, uh, Jamie Lee, I, I only did one uh, year of a summer camp, and and I like knew one person there, and that was it. That's what I thought was one of the cool things about camp was going away, and there's this whole new slew of people yes. that you've never met before. Did you did now? If you, did you go regularly when you were a kid? Yes, my parents wanted to get us. I was of the years where you went for eight weeks of summer camp. Oh. Your parents were like, get the 
out and <laughs> go go be away from us. So yes, I went to summer camp. I went to tennis camp. Um, I'm but I'm I'm a good girl. I loved it. I followed the rules. Um, my daughter, I tried to send her to camp. <laughs> hated. She hated. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that's a that's a changing thing. And in fact, you have it taking place in uh, 2005 specifically because you wanted to predate the onslaught of social media. And I I, I wonder how how that in general has has maybe corrupted the notion of going to camp and, fi- as you said, finding yourself, developing who you are, sans all of that outside stuff permeating. Do you, do you think it? Um, do you think it's a big I, I, issue? Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I I was watching you guys and everybody was checking their phone during the break uh, <laughs> in your studio because that's what we do. We, um, I think it's a poison for children. I think we are ruining generations of children with social media. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that there are, and there are wonderful aspects of it. You can, you know, for people who are out in the middle of nowhere, they have access to the world, which is wonderful. But the obsession of social media for teens is, I think, dangerous. And we wanted to set the show before social media. So it's set in the year that, Hey ya! So if you guys want to play me out with something, play Hey ya! Okay. When, the show, when my appearance ends, that's how long ago this show takes place. Well, Jamie Lee, my son is 15 years old, and he goes to this camp on the Chesapeake. It's called uh, Camp Taqua. I went there when I was a kid. Uh, my brothers went there, and this is his fourth summer going. And one, of, and he, it's a sleepaway camp. One of the greatest things about it is no phones. They are kids yeah. for, for a long stretch of time. And I, I love the fact that my son, even though I miss him terribly, I'm sure he doesn't miss me at all. Um, but the fact that he doesn't have a phone for two weeks is almost the greatest thing about it. So I, I totally applaud your effort. And I, I actually think we're on to something because I read about a school, I believe it's in upstate New York, a boarding school that is going to outlaw smartphones. Ah. Um, if you want to go to the boarding school, you can't have a smartphone. Um, I will tell you, to your point, the lead character of our show named Mookie Hooper, she's going to the same summer camp her mother went to, uh, and her mother was the most, fa- her mother is basically Diane Sawyer. So <laughs> she's following her parents' footsteps at the same camp. It's very similar to your story. I love that your kids are going to camp. Uh, he I, looks. He's checking their phone next door. <laughs> That's Kathy. That's Kathy. That's Kathy. Yeah. I, I have to bring up something else because there's a movie that is hanging on mightily in the in the top ten, and it's uh, uh-huh. everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, we have talked about this film, and it's it's been uh, it just just massive kudos critically, and it's really it just has a big cult following. Um, it, it, it must have been a great experience. You got to work with Michelle Yeoh. Well, I mean, that was the whole reason I said yes. It was Michelle Yeoh was being shot in L.A. in an office building two years ago. It was made for nothing. No one thought it would be anything. And now it's taking over the world yeah. with its message, with, with with its underlying message of kindness, love, family. It's hilarious. There's a dildo fight. <laughs> there's, um, you know, there there's a, um, other things. uh uh, I won't mention on the radio. Okay. And so it, it has a, there's an edge to it for sure. And yet at the center of it is love and family, the most important thing in our lives. You know, it, it's, uh, I have to tell you, and I told these guys when I saw it, I was watching you as at a, um, it was a documentary about you. 
uh, at a uh, c- convention, one of the cons, and you were you had fans of the, of Halloween, obviously a seminal a movie in your career. And in this in this sequence, and I told them how impressed I was. You met every single fan, and it wasn't just a "Hey, how are you?" Hey, here's your signature. Get out. You went through the entire room. There were people waiting outside. And you, first off, you were so uh, passionate about the subject itself, but then you had time for each and every person, and that was just impressive. And I, I, I remember after seeing the documentary, I told these guys uh, what a wonderful thing it was that you would do something like that. Let me say this to you. I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I've had the most extraordinary life that I never expected. And like what you guys do, you have fans, you have people who come up to you and say, hey, I've been listening to you my entire life. I listen to you every morning. I was going through a hard time and you guys really helped me. You understand the privilege of our lives. You understand the privilege of being in the entertainment business and being in in the radio business. I, I used to dream. I used to think I had that really good sort of late night DJ you know, Sunday night, <laughs> late night as DJ voice. I think we all have fantasized about being DJ. I listen to the radio all day mm-hmm. long. I listen to KCRW in Los Angeles. Sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> no, and, okay. Well, but I mean, it's just it's my local radio station, and yeah. I just think I have a relationship with the people I'm listening to. So the Halloween fans, by the way, we released the trailer for Halloween yesterday. I think we broke the Internet because... It, it it stopped working for a minute. It's it's exciting when people are excited about something. My goodness. Well, let me tell you something, if I may also. The, 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 the repositioning of Laurie Strode's journey, and there, there have been a couple films that kind of dabbled back with it, but I think they're doing it so right this way and making you... Yeah. Making you, um, you know, you're you're one of those almost legendary characters where I'm telling you this is going on. And I guess no one's going to help me, but I'm going to take care of it. And and to give you that story arc, and, and I think, uh, you know, note for note, it seems to be going out in style. The next film is called Halloween Ends, correct? Yep, and endings are a bitch, and so is Lori. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that she's had this story arc. You must have been thrilled with this, I won't say course correction, but with this approach. You know what? The last thing in the world I thought I would do is a Halloween movie. I was sitting in a cabin in Idaho in the middle of nowhere when my phone rang, and it was Jake Gyllenhaal who is my godson, who had just worked with David Gordon Green on the movie Stronger, and he said, hey, David wants to talk to you about a Halloween movie. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and he pitched this idea of what, where Lori was 40 years later. And uh, since then, we've made three movies. The last one's coming out October 14th, and it is an end. Yeah. And it is a bitch. <laughs> Good. Good. Jamie, with that, with the uh, the sequels that came along with it, I got to imagine in your film career, there have been several others that have been uh, bandied about, maybe true lies of, of finding out whatever happened you know, to those guys afterwards. You know what the problem? Jim Cameron told me something. <clears throat> you know, we made a comedy about terrorism before 9-11. Right. And you can't make a comedy about terrorism anymore. Mm. Okay. Terrorism and the concentric circles of grief and fear and terror that it engenders. Um, I think it's impossible to make a comedy uh, with terrorists uh, running out of battery on their right. phone for them to execute <laughs> someone. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it, it was a moment in time. And unfortunately, uh, I, I mean, I... I, I know they're maybe making a TV series, or I've heard they're making a TV right. series, and maybe they'll figure out a way. I don't think we'll ever make another movie of it. 
Okay. Uh, I did want to go circle back to uh, letters from camp and, and the, the, the oh, podcast. you're nice person. <laughs> <laughs> what I can to help. You I, must have children. I do have children. And, and what well, I was curious so then about. you understand how important it is for me to get the word out about letters from camp on Audible. And, yes. are, and are you doing it a la a uh, um, uh, radio theater with, with sounds yes, and music and things like that? It's fabulous. It's it's oh, all it's radio theater. It's TV for your ears. Um, our guest stars are Jake Gyllenhaal, Weird Al Yankovic, Christopher Guest, Mitch Hurwitz, and Jacob Tremblay, and Edie. Pa- I don't know if you guys watch Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So Judy Gemstone plays oh. Fanny, the hysterical counselor. Oh, she's um, great. Uh, Kirby Hal Baptiste, myself, and our star is Sonny Sandler, who is the 13-year-old daughter of Adam Sandler and is hilarious. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Oh, that's awesome. You know, oh. I, I, again, I, I listened to a little bit of it, and uh, I love that theater, theater of the mind, radio theater approach. Mm-hmm. It's very nostalgic, yet very uh, contemporary. And uh, the, the question has to be, Jamie Lee, any plans for this to actually be boarded into a series, into an actual television you know what? We, we talked about it for a minute. I just think it's special the way it is. I love I, don't, I think we've sort of struck mm-hmm. lightning with this. And I think to try to pull the taffy of it and try to turn it into something else, I just don't think uh, it will be as satisfying. And by the way, it's very moving at the end of the series. And it's a really good thing for families to listen to together. It's very family friendly. The parents will find jokes in it that they can laugh at. And it's nice to be able to sit around with your kids and listen to something wholesome, important, um, current, and uh, at the end uh, really is about something. Cool. The uh, identity of a young person discovering who they are. Excellent. Love it. Get it on Audible. I'm glad this exists. They're nice people. God bless you all. We're so happy you're having success with it. Jamie, thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks a lot. I really wish I was in person, maybe for Halloween. I'm coming around. Love to see you back here in Philadelphia. Excellent. Jamie Lee Curtis, everybody. Take care, Jamie. I love her. Ready to talk out of the gate. Awesome. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And we were playing around with Hey Yacht. There we go. I forgot. (laughs) Thank you, Casey. Um, all right, so we have a minute or two? Yes, sir. All right, um, this is pretty cool. Buzz Aldrin is auctioning off a bunch of personal items and historic artifacts from his career, including the jacket that he wore <laughs> during the moon landing. I mean, come what? on. Dude, how cool is that? It is the only space-flown garment from the Apollo 11 missions still in private hands. Why is he getting rid of it? Uh, it's time. He's, you know... He's, he's an older guy. He's in his 90s, and he wants somebody to get some enjoyment. Yeah. And uh, maybe have He auctioned some. off his drum kit. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the coverall is expected to attract bids of up to $2 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, made from a thin, newly developed, fireproof material known as beta cloth. Uh, the jacket is emblazoned with Aldrin's name and the NASA logo. And the ones worn by fellow crew members Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins are both housed at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in Washington. Yeah, I'm curious as to why he didn't want it in the museum, and he's selling it. I'm not really sure. Interesting. Yeah. I know that they're shipping it up from Medellin. No, uh. <laughs> no that, that's, uh, that's wild, man. I mean, that's... Uh, did you see the uh, the pictures? I forget where, um, if it was a... It had to be a satellite that they used, but they, they kind of focused in on the footprints, Preston on the moon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, which have not changed, obviously. Right. From that, there's no wind, there's no... 
yeah. to blow it around. So, yeah. uh, but he's also selling the lunar module circuit breaker switch, which broke during the mission. Wow, which almost caused them to stay on the moon surface. So he's selling that as well, and uh, so it's going to go for a ridiculous amount of money, which is uh, pretty cool. Maybe these historic pieces that that you can actually get in a private collection if you got that kind of money, but. Um, yeah, let me dig in the jungle. All right, yeah. Ah, see? (laughs) (laughs) You sound so disappointed that you had to go in. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Hang on. Oh, my God. You're waist deep. I found it. Zombie trees. Uh, Zombie uh, trees. Yes, they're a thing. And they're in Central Florida. Zombie trees. Uh, they, in general, they are trees that at one time or another have gotten damaged in a storm. And the big danger is with zombie trees, they look healthy to the untrained eye. But, but when they'll a, eat your brain. But when a homeowner at least expected, <laughs> they will eat their brain. <laughs> no. Uh, they can give way, and then they can fall and crush a house or crush a car yes. or something like that. Uh, so they, they look like they might be viable trees, but they are not? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And that, therefore, they call them zombie trees. When we moved into our house, there were a couple of, I guess, what would, would have uh, constituted zombie trees uh, to the side of our house. We knew those had to come down. We could tell that they were not really thriving. And uh, that was the year of the, uh, the the blizzard for the Poconos, the Cardboard Classic. Oh, wow. And so we had those trees taken down in advance. They would have come down, I guarantee you, in that in that uh, storm. So, Dude, by the way, I'm getting, we have to get some, some trees uh-huh. removed on my property. Dear God, <laughs> do you know how much it costs yeah. for tree removal? You, uh, 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 well, you tell me off here, the company, uh, you know. but Yeah, but they're all, no matter who you do, use. Yeah, yeah, they're it's, pricey. It's expensive. Especially, well, I saw them do, there was a huge tree that we had taken down. What they do is pretty effing amazing how they do it. And, you know, in, in the sections and coming down. And when there was one chunk that came down, I was in the house and I felt the thud in the house. No kidding. Yeah. And then the stump removal and all that yeah. stuff, it's it is it's pricey. I heard it's also part of it is is they have to um, uh, they have to check for anything that's buried in the ground. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but as far as oh, the, yeah. uh, you know, water lines and, and call 811 before you dig. Right, yeah. You know, and that whole deal. Well, a lot of these companies... Don't just do that. They also branch out. Oh, oh my God. I wasn't ready for that. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, so I loved your enthusiasm. That was great. Oh, you can leave Italy. Hey! <laughs> Take your barking up the wrong World nut zippers. Yeah. That's a candy. Oh, yeah. That's well, a, a band. band. Yeah. And, a, and, and well, a, they were named after the candy. Yeah. Seriously? It was yeah. candy first. I never yeah. knew that. It was a candy the first. The Beatles were a candy. They were actually just in town. Squirrel and Zippers? Yeah, like wow. a week or two ago. How about that? Uh, because uh, my buddy Brian uh, and I were playing golf, and I had some Squirrel Nut Zippers on um, uh, a playlist I was playing. And he's like, oh, just, you know, I heard this the other day, and I went and looked them up, and, and he sent me a link to them playing somewhere in town recently, not that long ago. I saw them at the... Uh, the swing band. Yeah, I saw them at the uh, at the Trocadero, and it was a great concert. It was a lot of fun. No, I never knew, was, but it was a candy. Yes, yeah, Roman Zipper. They they named themselves after a candy. It was like a, a chewy, almost like um, uh, like a payday. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like a like a. Uh, it's a single piece. Um, like a Mary Jane. Like a Mary Jane. Okay. Oh, thank I you. Hate Mary yeah. Jane. Really? Yeah, they rip your teeth out. Oh yeah, but they they taste really good. 
Squirrel nut zippers are kind of like that. Huh. Anyway, we're talking about trees. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, zombie trees. And then we went into swing bands. And then, then we got into yeah. swing bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, so, yeah, recently a uh, large oak that was damaged by a lightning strike 20 years ago split apart on a perfectly sunny day, crushing two cars <sighs> in South Orlando. So it had, it had been... Struck by lightning 20 years before, yet it still looked alive. Yeah. There's a new uh, tree-cutting-down series on Netflix that I started watching. Yeah? Did you... Did, the no, tree-cutters. Oh, man, what the freak is it called? The tree-cutters. Um, it's not the tree-cutters, but it's you're probably not far away from it. But uh, these guys are going and uh, like on boats... And they're grabbing these dead trees from the like uh, ocean. Uh, big timber is it? Is they, that it might be big timber. Yeah. Do they use um, helicopters and stuff too? Uh, Have you seen those? Those are the, crazy. Yeah. You've seen those. They're like they're, they're. That's what you would use to kill a transformer. These things that they actually hang <laughs> from a helicopter <laughs> mm-hmm. and will. Cut a tree yeah. down. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the the some of the apparatus they have to take down big trees. Uh, have you seen the ones that that actually clamps on from both sides? And and the the drill draws through the middle of it, so it's still holding it in place, and then it moves it off to the side. I mean, there's a drill, a, a blade. I should. Oh, say. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I have not seen that it's one. Cool. Very I've cool. seen one that that uh, I'd be scared crapless. That cuts from uh, the the very bottom of the trunk, but it but it's like on an on an arm that hangs yeah. out like off of a crane, and it's it's a circular thing at the bottom. And uh, yeah, there's some pretty badass toys <laughs> in that uh, in that lumber industry. So. Uh, anyhow, be aware of uh, zombie trees. I don't know if we have any around here, but I'd never heard of that before. But we have semen trees. I thought it was uh, kind of cool. Here's another thing out of a junk drawer. Um, so apparently, cruises right now are very, very affordable. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, cruise fares are cheap as the industry is still recovering from the pandemic. So they're trying to get back on board, and I think they're offering up a lot of deals. I have no doubt. Um, the... Again, as I've said before, uh, if the cruise is a place that mandates or that makes it, you have to have that cruise mechanism there. Like, for example, to see, to cruise Alaska, to see the glaciers, to cruise the Greek islands, I guess, right, is another one. Uh, Or like the Viking cruises, the river cruises in, in Europe, those are kind of important. But to cruise location, like a tropical location, I never understood that. To just cruise to some place to get to the place and enjoy it there, I think the... For me to make it make sense, the cruise has to be an essential part of the trip, you know, where you're getting to see things from the ocean. To see things. Because, right. well, what they do is they throw lots of distractions on right. the ship yeah, that, yeah. that you don't have to be looking overboard. On right, right, right. So that's why they have, you know, these diving shows and paintball. and Roller coasters. Roller coasters and all kinds of yeah. crazy stuff on there so, so that you so can. You don't realize how bored you are. So you can, you know, hang out and have a good time until you get to this destination where you just get off for a few yeah. hours and walk around and shop and then come right back to it. You remember? Oh, see, I don't mind that. Okay. Like to me, like it's it's so beautiful out there. Like yeah. even if you're not looking on the at, open water, yeah, on yeah. the open water. That and and for me, like I did a Mediterranean cruise before, and so for me, like the traveling from country to country stresses out. So the fact that I could get on there, sit, relax, relax. while I yeah. I got to the next destination. But you're you know, also seeing things. You have the vantage point from the ocean and looking at the yeah, beautiful Mediterranean so beautiful. terrain. Yeah, that, I don't think they're for me. I'd rather do different styles of vacations. But Steve, remember uh, Greg Scarato who used to work here in the oh, sales yeah, department? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was his vacation of choice. So anytime he went anywhere. I when I pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly why I brought it up. Yeah. Uh, but he would do one Caribbean cruise after another. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. him, it was a way to like different uh, explore different islands down yes. there. 
That's what I get. And he was a, he was a, a voracious uh, trip taker. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. He also would like to go to this place in Puerto Rico. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. an island off of Puerto Rico. Vieques or something? Now, yeah. I was reading about something that, I, and I didn't, I just saw the headline in the article and I didn't get a chance to read it, but it said something along the lines of, yes, there are cruises at the Great Lakes and they are better than you think they are. Interesting. Yes, I saw, yeah. Yeah, so they Is that something you would do? Probably not. Okay. I'm not a big cruise fan, but... Uh, what about a Viking cruise in Europe? I would do one of those. Um, yeah. I, I did a Viking cruise from uh, Stockholm to Helsinki. What'd you think? Uh, it was just one overnight yeah. thing. It was cool because it's an archipelago, right. uh, which is a series of a chain of islands, like loads of them, and they slalom around them. Like, you're like, dude, how are they going to get this gigantic ship through here? Right. But they, but they do it. Uh, and it was cool. It was nice. You know, it was just an overnight thing. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's plenty to see, uh, but the Great Lakes, I'm, I'm curious as to, I guess you just go from port to port, you know, city to city, because uh, I, I don't know what all, that's wide open water, what you know. you're able to pass right over where the Ella Fitzgerald sang. The yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> all right, so are any of the lakes, uh, can you get from one to the next without... Getting out of um, they—that's a good question. I think you can, Casey. I think there, yeah, they there are some links. When uh, it goes over Niagara Falls, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't take the cruise ship uh, that way. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I, I want to yeah. say that there are ways to. I don't know if they have canals. You can go from Michigan to Huron, and then well, the Erie Canal. Yeah, but I don't think where does that go? Uh, uh, well, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I don't think you can take a cruise ship through that. I don't think it's big enough for that. But Casey's just wondering if you can go from lake to lake. Yeah, uh, if, if even in in a uh, yeah, it's a good question. A jet ski. Yeah. We're on our Hovercraft. Yeah. yeah. Rowboat. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure what the Erie Canal links. I've just heard of the Erie Canal, so I don't know if it links one of the lakes to the other. Nick's going to look that up now. We'll find out. Erie Canal Chat. Back in a moment. Right, it's time for Canal Chat. Right, so which, Today which, we're talking the Erie Canal. Which Great Lake has the most big cities on it? Like uh, Chicago, and Detroit, are they? On, I don't it's even like Michigan. know. Are they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Are they? Is that the same lake? There, I don't on? think. I don't think Detroit's on Lake Michigan. Uh, uh, it's on a different body of water. But um, Chicago's on there. But Green Bay's also on Lake Michigan. Green Bay's not a huge city, but uh, Milwaukee's on Lake Michigan. So probably Lake Michigan. Rome, Rome, Italy. <laughs> uh, Rome, That's on Lake Michigan. The jewel of Get You Me. <laughs> So the Erie Canal connects the Hudson River with uh, something. The room okay, never give up. <laughs> doesn't do squat. To the west. So you the... can't use the Erie Canal to get from Great Lake to Great Lake. Great Lakes. Okay. I um, think we cleared a lot up here for didn't a lot we, of yeah. Didn't we do that? Uh, As you're driving yeah. to work thinking, what's up with the Erie Canal? Yeah, I've always been wondering uh, about the Erie Canal and what it does. And now I've learned. Let's open up the mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Preston, <laughs> what's up with the Erie Canal? All right, I think that's all we're going to do for now. Oh, Squirrel nuts up yeah. Now you make the scene all day, but tomorrow they'll be held to bay. Yeah, yeah, for a little while. I think they use this effectively in Roots. Uh, I went to high school with one of those guys. Uh, zippers? Yeah, he went, we were in the same high school. Um, Squirrel nut or zipper? I forgot his name. We weren't in the same class. Uh, but that doesn't really matter right now. <laughs> Are you sure? We're done talking. Dear Preston, he played by saxophone. any chance, did you ever go to school with one of the school nutzippers? He played saxophone in the band. <laughs> All right, uh, I think we should wrap it up because I do have bizarre file stories that I want to get to. We'll take a break, and we will be right back. Stay with us. 
Hey everyone, it's Kathy Romano. Spring is here. Now let's get that ponytail ready for the chopping block for Kathy's Cuts. We're supporting Wigs for Kids and helping children look themselves and live their lives. Donate your hair to Wigs for Kids on Monday, May 1st. Go to PrestonandSteve.com. Make sure you meet the new minimum requirement of 14 inches of hair. Then make an appointment to join us on May 1st. You'll receive a new short hairstyle by the amazing stylist at Gravity Hair Salon in Ambler and Vibe Salon in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Donors will also get refreshments from Duncan, a Kathy's Cuts t-shirt, and a gift bag from True Beauty Concepts. Don't wait. Go to PrestonandSteve.com to sign up. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Kristen and Steve's And it's brought to you by J-Dog Junk Removal, veteran-owned. Visit jdog.com. A hungry bear feasted on the products of a Colorado pie shop after breaking into the store through a window. This is the greatest experience this bear has it's ever had. It's just a pie shop. Yeah. Uh, the animal created havoc. After getting into the premises, the bear made a short work or made short work of two dozen pies, two dozen bags of cocoa, and a bag of sugar at the Colorado Cherry Company. Oh my God! I could really go for a cappuccino. Uh, there was little doubt who was responsible for the break-in, given was it the, the bear. The large paw prints could be seen on the wall beneath <laughs> the window. Uh, the it's kind of cute though. That's like that's like every Disney movie from the seventies. Yes. You're right. That the, rascally old bear broke into that pie shop, and don't you know he ate every last one of them? The the <laughs> owner, Christy Leonard, uh, said that he made his way right in, hopped on top of the oven, hopped down, and had a little feast. They killed uh, all the employees too. Darn the shreds! That little <laughs> rascal. That little rascal made mincemeat out of the four employees. The bear. Okay, they were in the country illegally though. Oh. <laughs> Ripped him to shreds. It's a different time. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. (laughs) Never would return to their home in Ecuador. The bear's preference was for the warm rather than cold pies. And judging by the sugar and cherries outside the shop, it even decided to have a few pies to go. Hmm. Uh, But it turned out there was either... a little bit of this blood on the pie. (laughs) (laughs) But it turned out there was either a limit to the bear's gluttony or the pie makers need to go back to the recipe book. Uh, for a while, the cherry pies went down as a treat. The strawberry and rhubarb pie just... She's my cherry pie. Did not pass. <laughs> he's singing it while he's eating it. Grow man cry. She's my cherry pie. Dipping his paw into the pie. Singing along. <laughs> I had no idea. That uh, they were fans of Warren. Uh, so, right while the cherry pies went down as a treat, the strawberry and rhubarb pies did not pass muster. Do you like rhubarb pie? Uh, it's I don't have it that often, but I like rhubarb pie. I, I knew pie. you were going to do that, dude. From the Waltons. <laughs> Uh, it's good, but I couldn't eat it all the time. I don't think it's that good. What's a rhubarb? It is a vegetable that's very, very sweet. It looks like a red, um, stalk of celery. Okay. Uh, rhubarb! But they, they cook it up, and it, and it sweetens up, and it's, it's really, it's kind of tasty, but, uh, Steve doesn't like rhubarb. I don't like rhubarb pie, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man who served almost three decades as mayor of Pennsylvania. 
Pennsylvania's capital city now faces wide-ranging corruption charges, including allegations he unlawfully used public money for various agencies to buy hundreds of artifacts for a planned Wild West museum and other historical attractions. Oh, this thing's still going on? Stephen Reed illicitly obtained artifacts and other memorabilia while serving as Harrisburg's mayor between 1981 and early 2010. And I actually have a list of some of the things that he bought. Please, um, yeah. Uh, he bought, at taxpayers' expense, a life-size sarcophagus, a full suit of armor, and a vampire hunting kit, <laughs> according to court documents. Well, it's good to know your tax money is being spent wisely. Reed said he's going to fight the charges, proclaiming his innocence as... Many he- have mocked me for my purchases, but who will be laughing when the vampires attack? <laughs> The weapons have since uh, been recovered. A woman was arrested, charged, and convicted of sexually assaulting a police officer with her breasts. Uh, 30-year-old Ying Lai Ying of Hong Kong was found guilty of assaulting a police officer using her breasts during during a protest. Uh, Lai Ying, along with three others, were accused of assaulting and obstructing or resisting police officers amid a violent protest in Ying Long. Uh, all the defendants were found guilty and were remanded in custody awaiting their sentence. How are they using their breasts to attack this police officer? It's kind of weak. Police okay. said that uh, Lai Ying hit the officer with her breasts while reaching for her purse strap during the protest. After the incident, Lai Ying reportedly began shouting at the officer, indecent assault, claiming that he touched her inappropriately. However, the officer, Chen Kai Paul, yeah. said that it was Lang Ying who had brushed up against his right arm and then made the false accusations of sexual assault against him. Uh-huh. She was lying the whole time. Uh, Lai Ying. <laughs> Uh, the woman also <laughs> accused the officer of pushing her to the ground. She was bleeding from the nose where she reported the incident to police. Uh, however, when she reported being thrown to the ground, Lai Ying did not mention that she was sexually assaulted by the officer. Ah, okay. Only after she was arrested did she bring up the accusation. So, uh, Magistrate Michael Chan Pikiku uh, ruled that Lai Ying had lied about being assaulted. This is Law Yu. He'll handle you in court. Uh, called her claims malicious. Law Yu. <laughs> Authorities say two thieves suspected of stealing an ATM from a business made it as far as the parking lot, but the machine fell out of the getaway van. Uh, deputies have recovered the ATM. They believe the two men backed up while the, uh, the the white van to the business around 11 a.m. Sunday. They cut the cables to the ATM and then loaded it in the van. Deputies believe the machine fell out of the van when the men drove too fast over a speed bump. So it must have shot out the back. Don't drive too fast. Uh, The suspects drove away without it. Uh, Deputies found the van idling on Monday morning. It had been reported stolen. The van was impounded so deputies could look for evidence. How much do you think the average ATM uh, weighs when fully stocked? Weighs? Yeah. Wow. I couldn't even begin to tell you. (laughs) I mean, Um, you assume they they weigh a fair amount. I would imagine... 800 pounds, Just 700 for security pounds, purposes, like yeah, right? they, I think they weight those things. Yeah. Down. And it's basically, it's a safe yeah. uh, underneath there, so it's got to be really, really heavy. So We hope. Yep. All right. There you go. That's what I got in the B-file for you. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Stay with us. Threw out all your radios for a fancy speaker that talks back to you? Well, don't forget, you can still listen to us by saying, open MMR. You can even tell it you want to wake up to MMR, just like your grandpa's clock radio used to. Imagine that. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. 
And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'm excited about uh, this entire morning. Uh, uh, Don McCoskey and crew were warming up, and it sounded fantastic. So good. Yeah. I can't wait for them to play a little bit later on. And I can't wait to have these next guests here in our studio today. Yeah. Uh, they're promoting a film called uh, Bros. Now, read this description specifically. Universal Pictures presents the first romantic comedy from a major studio about two gay men stumbling towards love. And we're happy to have him here this morning. The two leads, Billy Eitner and Luke McFarlane. Yeah. Hello. With us. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thanks Good morning. for having us. Uh, happy to have you here, man. Welcome to Philadelphia. Do you have uh, much history in this town? You ever spent much time in Philly before? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it, though. I love Philly. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker, so, you okay. know, I grew up not too far from here. Nice. Yeah. It, it's I, uh, I uh, am, as well, a New Yorker and didn't get down here a lot when I was up in New York, and now it's my everything. So Great. Uh, it should seem fairly familiar to you, but... I uh, saw the movie and uh, really, really enjoyed it and thought, um, and I mean this in, the, in, the, in a complimentary sense, it is a gay rom-com. Like, it is, it is a real, an obvious thing as I was watching it, I'm thinking, I've never seen anything That's like right. this. <laughs> right. I've never seen anything like this that just... And in a way, I felt like I was finally getting a little peek behind a curtain. Exactly, and I, yeah. and I enjoyed the authenticity of it. Are you getting that kind of reaction? Yeah, from everyone. You know, we did make the movie with uh, Judd Apatow and Nick Stoller, who are two straight men. Yeah, two <laughs> of the straightest men in Hollywood. <laughs> By the way, Nick Preston did uh, um, uh, the, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Nick oh, Stoller, yeah. Nick Stoller. Yeah, yeah. Nick yeah, Stoller. He, he directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Judd Apatow produced Bridesmaids and Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Virgin and Superbad. So these guys really know how to make a great comedy that everyone can relate to, right. um, but they've never done one about a gay couple. Uh, and so they actually came to me with the idea, and we collaborated on it. Nick and I wrote it together. And yeah, the two things we wanted it to be more than anything are hilarious because we don't get a lot of great comedies in movie theaters anymore. Great R- R- R-rated comedies. R-rated. Which are, I think yeah. is that you, the more of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we wanted it to be honest. Yeah. You know? And um, we have, we've done so many advanced screenings of the movie all over the country and sometimes it's more straight people sometimes it's more lgbtq folks and everyone just laughs out loud and i think for straight folks what's exciting is exactly what you said it has all the elements of a judd apatow movie that you love but it's also unlike anything you've ever seen in a movie theater and, and honestly i grew up watching straight romantic comedies you my, were you my were, favorite movie I, i'm you've been in many well. of them yes, i've been yeah. in many of them as well and i took a lot from them i really yeah. understood the laughs and the jokes and the tears, and I think the straight people are going to have the exact same reaction to a gay romantic. By movie. the way, you're both you're both revered in my book because uh, Luke, you are uh, a veteran of the Hallmark uh, movie universe. Yes, <laughs> much like the Marvel universe, the Hallmark cinematic universe, very similar to Marvel. Yes, yes, yes. HMC. You were their Thanos. Yes, but I think I'm a Captain America. Honestly, more where I fit in. Yeah, America's ass. That's right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, I'm Canadian. Well, and also from brothers and sisters, sisters and yeah. I don't remember. Do you guys remember why it became a thing? Like with with me, I loved the show. Watch. I used to say that like I wanted to be part of that family, oh. um, and they started like making fun of me. And when they canceled it, I was so she upset. Was and I guess that's where it stemmed from. So like yeah. we still talk about brothers. 
Oh, wow. Today. I love that. Yeah, I think we told our story. <laughs> <laughs> that family had a lot of family drama. We just ran out of things to do. You know, you know, it's, but it didn't end. It just, right? It's, well, I think I think some of, the, some of the people that were involved in the show were like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I want to know about the um, uh, uh, getting this movie together. Was this uh, was this a hard sell, an easy sell uh, to get this movie made? Yeah, I never believed that a major studio like Universal, you know, the same studio that makes Jurassic World and Fast and the Furious, would would get behind an R-rated gay rom-com. Judd Apatow and Nick Stoller always believed that they would, uh, and to their credit, Universal did, and they completely supported it being as honest and authentic as possible. And you're getting a huge like a 3,000 theater release, right? Yeah, Bros is going to get released in about 3,000 movie theaters all over North America and then roll out all over the world. Luke and I are going to do press in Australia and, and all over Europe in October where it opens uh, later in October. And so, yeah, it's the first of its kind in many ways. Um, but, you know, mostly we just wanted to make a really funny movie. I, you know, Which I it think, is. And, and I think people have forgotten, you know, most of the... Movies that get released in theaters now are big action movies and horror movies, you know, and those are all great, but... What happened to going and laughing with hundreds of people in a movie theater, yeah. which yeah. I grew up doing all the time? That's what made me want to do yeah. movies. You know? Yeah, it's a collective, it's a communal thing. It is, yeah, and, yeah. It's, yeah. and you escape the world, and you mm. escape your anxiety, and you just like have a great time and laugh with your friends. So I'm excited for people to see Bros because I think that's what it does. I was uh, uh, the, the the first I saw of it, the the trailer came on television. Okay, so I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm seeing the setup, and I'm like, okay, it's a rom com. I see this, I'm like. Oh, this is about a gay couple. Yeah. And I was delighted. Uh, my youngest son is gay. Oh, wow. And so I love seeing that this was this was not packaged in any special way. It was no. just packaged like a regular movie trailer. And I'm like, yay. You know, I was ha really happy to see that. Yeah, it's about time. And you know what's really cool? Like, it's really bringing people together in terms of straight, gay, whatever you are. We just had... Uh, the pr the American premiere of the movie at the Castro Theater in San Francisco, which is like the center of gay life <laughs> right. in America, right? right, right, right. right. And, and you know who showed up? Lars Ulrich <laughs> from Metallica, Metallica yeah. with his whole family. And I was like, oh my god! And you know, I I did some comedy bits with Lars a few years ago, and he's I was like, wow, how are you here? He was and he said, I love Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And he loved it, and he posted about it on Instagram about how funny it was and how outrageous it was, and so. Funny Funny is funny at you know, the end you, of the day. Do you know what, what works also in that you get, you get a unique perspective on things, but the tropes that you want in a, an effective, funny, romantic comedy are there. Yeah. Uh, all of those things. And yet it also is, um, it's sweet. It's legitimately, yeah. and Billy, your character has always been very sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, um, <laughs> abrasive or, yes. or cynical. Yeah. And this is a, a complete refutation of that. Yeah. Yeah. It starts out a little bit like yes, Billy on the you, street right. that, that people know, but but then it, you know, it definitely is much more than that. That is what love will do to us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's what the movie's about, and really. By the way, what, what, <laughs> there are you talk about laugh out loud moments. There were both of the laugh out loud moments for me involved um, quasi orgy situations. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but there there is an unwanted fourth. 
<laughs> Billy, the look on your face is so goddamn hilarious. Oh, when you're looking yeah. at, back at this guy like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And it, it's just it's just hilarious. I haven't had many orgies, but but for those who have, there's always one person you don't want who's there. Who's always the most enthusiastic and the most, like, raring to go. And no one, you don't want to be rude to the person, but right. you also don't want to engage with the person. Yeah. And that's always very funny. And we have a scene like I don't that. Want to, I don't even want to mention what, but but that's I, I defy you not to to laugh out loud. And there were a couple of revelations. Uh, seeing um, Harvey Firestein in the film, and then is that an actual young picture of Harvey Firestein? Yes, it is. He looks like Javier Bardem. I know. I'm He's like beautiful. What? Really? Yeah. When he was he, he had, there's a picture of him in the movie that we used that Harvey gave us from when he was in his 20s in New York. Um, and, and yeah, he was really I, he was said, really handsome. That's the first question I I have to ask. But again, I think people might. When these things work, as with Apatow esque films or Apatow films, uh, there there is that emotional thing in there, and you do get that in this. And so, um, you know, for, for you, Luke, you've yeah. done a, a fair amount of this kind of acting. But for Billy, did, did that present a series of um, difficulties, or because it was your baby, did it seem easier to do that? Um, it's both scary and exciting because, you know, the whole point of doing the movie was to show people a, a different side of yourself. Right. You know, you always want to evolve and, you know, keep, I, I want to do new things. You know, I love Billy on the street and all that stuff, but, you know, it's also like, I don't want to do it forever. I went to Northwestern years ago. I was a theater major. I did tons of acting before people got to know me in this very specific way on Parks and Rec and Billy on the street and all that stuff, which I love, but I think you're always looking for opportunities to show more of yourself. Yeah, we don't get many multi-dimensional gay characters. We do get a lot of gay characters now on TV and streaming and stuff, but they're often kind of sitcommy and well, one-dimensional, two-dimensional. But you know, we're complicated people like everyone else, and so I wanted to represent that in rom-com canon. It's usually the friend yep. who's advising the, right. uh, the, the Jennifer woman. Lopez, exactly, right, 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 right. 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 Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but uh, so, uh, an interesting thing I had to mention for you, Kathy, is that correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, but your rom com fantasy. Man is Richard Gere, correct? Well, <laughs> someone asked me like who I thought like the hottest person was in a movie, and I thought about it, and I said, "Oh, it's Richard Gere and Pretty Woman, or anything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he I tried to get him for bros. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Wow, he was here in the studio, and I took wow. a picture with him. Look, and it looks like we're dating. So, wow, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, hand like, on the chest. Look at that. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. He still looks good, Richard. That looks like Gere. a cardboard cutout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It was the real thing. Looks through it. <laughs> Billy, I'm watching a show uh, called uh, The Bear. It's on FX. It's a really yeah. great show. And and then one of the chefs on that show and then a guy that works, uh, they are gay. And you find out in episodes four or five. But it's it becomes... It's not even really a plot Thanks line. Thanks for ruining it. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. hadn't gotten that far in it. <laughs> now I'm wondering who it is. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I won't say that part. But it's called The Bear. Right? Yeah, well, exactly. and that has nothing yeah. to do with... But well, it's, it's yes. in, in, um, to me that they don't even make mention of it. It's not It's not a plot line. It's just who these characters are. Yeah. And I think we're working towards the point, I hope we are, where uh, a gay rom-com is just a rom-com. You don't have to define it as a gay rom-com anymore. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Um, and and sorry about spoiling the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's weird, you know? Like, it's weird that it took so long. Bros <laughs> is the first gay rom-com from a major studio. The whole cast is openly LGBTQ, even playing the straight roles, <laughs> which, which never happens. Yeah. And I think makes the movie exciting and fresh 
new, and hopefully people will go support it. It opens in theaters all over, not just big cities, big cities, small towns, suburbs, all the multiplexes playing Spider-Man and Batman are <laughs> playing bros, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And if people support it and get out there and see it, they're going to have a great time, and hopefully we'll get more movies like that. Now, Steve has seen the film. I have not yet. I've caught, you know, obviously the trailer to it, but you definitely get that. You, you've got that Apatow. Uh, you, you can feel it. It's uh, an yeah. art from, comedy. From the, from yeah. the dialogue. And, and yeah. that, that it's, I can't stand punches pulled in a comedy yeah and this does not yeah well and, and what i'm curious about is is in delivering all that that dialogue uh and he's known for it and, and i'm not sure you know what all he had uh input wise he was a producer correct yeah, yeah. Uh, but um riffing and and just uh playing off of each other and ad-libbing uh happened like crazy on this Apatow flicks did you guys have that in bros oh yeah we improvised a lot we have so many funny comic yeah. actors you know and a lot of fresh faces that you haven't seen you know what judd and nick are known for is to introduce fresh comedic voices to the world like people didn't really know seth rogan before knocked melissa up McCarthy. Mm-hmm. melissa mccarthy before bridesmaids steve yeah. carell before 40 year old virgin you know that's what those guys do so here you're getting that but it happens to be LGBTQ actors, and they're hilarious, and you're going to fall in love with them. Who's the actress in, from Glee uh, that played the the gym teacher? Yes, uh, uh, Dot Marie Jones. Oh, my God. She's hilarious. She's so funny hilarious. in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody that has been around for, like, 30 years, like, works constantly, but is always playing, like, you know, the biker lesbian that lives next door. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, the extent of the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we have all generations represented. We have someone like Bowen Yang, who's, like, the funniest person on SNL right now. And then we also have uh, Amanda Bierce, who you might remember from Married, Married with, with Children. Children. Yeah. She, she was Marcy Darcy. She was the oh. first the first actress Plays to ever mom. come out on primetime TV before Rosie O'Donnell, before Ellen. Yeah. And she plays Luke's mom in the movie. And she's an accomplished director. Yeah, and, and a director right. also. Yeah. yeah, and she hasn't been in a movie, I think, in decades. She's great. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. It's, it's, a, it's a great ride. For anybody who has any sort of reservations about it, now, this is a straight-up rom-com comedy. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you it's, it's funny because... Um, you don't take yourselves too seriously. Everybody's grist for some sort of uh, jab or barb, and it's all done in a, in a good spirit. There's oh, nothing yeah. kind of worse than people that can't laugh at themselves. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it really is. And we, we have to. And I think we also get that uh, privilege because it is an LGBT cast. We can kind of make fun of each other. Right. Where it'd be yeah. a lot harder for a straight person to make fun of an LGBT person. And that, that point is made. And I love yeah. I love the, the factions of the lesbians and the gay men. And, yeah. and, and, and there's contention there sometimes. And yeah. Everyone's complaining how much they how much they're getting in the way of like a Pride Month and so on right. and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so so working on the set, uh, the movie just looks really gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Really where's it where's it filmed? Uh, New York, New Jersey, and then we did go up to Provincetown, Massachusetts for was one sequence during the pandemic. You were doing we shot it last fall. Okay, during yeah. Delta. Yeah, ah, between Delta and Omicron, that beautiful period between Delta and Omicron. By the way, I'm so glad that I, I think the, the industry in general opted to not do a lot of with masks on stuff yeah. on screen because yeah. I think it, that would bring you back to a bad thing. And so it's great to see you uh, out and about and, and doing that. I wanted to ask you, Luke, just because I have to geek out on the uh, the Hallmark stuff. Yeah, um, uh, geek. Those those holiday sets. Mm. Are glorious, <laughs> <laughs> glorious. I think do, do you ever? Do you ever? I mean, 
to me, that's like, I swear to God, and, and no one can understand it. My wife is, it mocks me. Yeah. <laughs> he them loves them. I Wait, love them. Your wife is mocking you. <laughs> You're yeah. the one watching. I'm the one watching. Oh, wow, this yeah. is different than the regular. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Kristen's father-in-law My father-in-law, them. who is the it. biggest... Good old boy you've ever seen. Love it, love it. And he just sits there on the couch and he'll, and he's he's got it timed out. Sixty seconds before the end of the episode, we'll come over here. They're going to kiss right now. Here's my issue. Here's my issue. You have one and, issue. No, this is actually a good thing. And and, and when you're on, yeah. I say I'll say to my wife, this guy isn't good looking enough. <laughs> Not you. You're always good. You're like. When I've seen you, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> the woman and the guy have to be impeccable. Uh, I appreciate that comment on so many levels because you were man enough to go, like, that's a good looking girl. <laughs> I appreciate that. But Thank I mean, you. It's, you gotta, you know, we know how it's going to play out. We want it to play out. And again, like we talk about those tropes that do work, that people do want. Yeah. They're present. It's present in bros with some interesting things that you haven't seen before. Billy, I have to ask you a quick question. Yeah. Are you working on a film, a bio of Paul Lynn? I am developing a, a biopic about Paul Lynn. Really? Yeah. That is awesome. He's going to yeah. bring it to Hallmark, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Not a Hallmark movie. Uh, speaking of orgies, Paul Lynn had quite a few oh, back in the day. Yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. I loved, yeah. I mean, he was, he's... Center Square, man. Center Square. He's the best. He's bye Bye legend. Birdie. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he was as openly gay as you could be <laughs> at for that time. time. Yes. Without ever saying it. Without out. ever saying it, yeah. But, but also uh, as happy as you could possibly be at that time, which was not very... Yeah, no, he was a pretty tortured guy. Yeah. It's a complicated story, but uh, yeah, a really fascinating figure in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, that's so cool to hear. Uh, any time frame on that? or No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a focus on one thing at a time person, right. so we've been really focused on bros, but when this adventure is over, we'll yeah. get back to it. <laughs> uh, earlier in the interview, Luke mentioned uh, Captain America, and, and Billy, I have to ask you, and I know you, you maybe not want to talk about Billy on the street, but running around in New York with Chris Evans must have been fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've run around with a lot of people at <laughs> yeah. this point. Um, Chris is awesome. Yeah, he's so much fun, and people are we're so excited to see him. Um, it's funny, though. He was nervous. Ah. Yeah. Billy on the Street, yeah. you know, it's a it's a unique thing. You're improvising with strangers. None of it is planned. And um, even, like, sometimes we have, like, very experienced, incredible, very famous actors who get a little nervous about it. It's not what they're used to doing. Is it fear of being throttled by some stranger who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, doing? yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of these famous people that run around with me, you know, they're not really dealing with the public in that direct a fashion right. all the time no, anymore. I can see that. And you don't know what anyone's going to say. Someone could come up to, I mean, part of the fun of Billy on the Street, when I ran around with Chris Pratt, you know, I'd run up to people and say, like, which Chris is this? And they were like, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, and they're used to being, like, like really, like, worshipped everywhere right, they right, go right. in Hollywood, but that doesn't happen on the streets of He, he ran around with Seth Rogan was like, did you know that Seth Rogan is dead? Yeah, and <laughs> Seth is standing right there. I was like, Billy, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wild show. I love it. Seth Rogan's mom was very mad at me about that. I love that. <laughs>
Well, listen, we we'll remind everybody the Bros is in theaters uh, September 30th. It's just uh, less than a couple weeks away, so uh, make sure that you do get out and see it. But it's a wide theater release, correct? It'll be all over. Thousands of theaters. Take all your friends, great date night movie, or go by yourself and have a great time. It's, a, fu- it's a funny, legitimately funny movie, and it's an R-rated comedy. We need more of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. Good luck with everything. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Right, Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane Bros. September 30th. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. 33 WMMR presents Concert Cash. Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Plus, tickets to MMRBQ this September. Starting Monday at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash ticket window. Get the keyword. Enter it at WMMR.com or on the MMR app. You can also text it to 45911. Each winner from MMR gets a great and in cash. And two tickets to MMRBQ in September. See official rules at WMMR.com. Oh, and set a reminder for Monday at 8 a.m. when we reveal MMRBQ select and on-sale info. It's Concert Cash. Sponsored by Meineke. Tires, brakes, batteries, and more. Doing car care right. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. You know, we, we do this uh, little quick phone call in the evening just to uh, assess um, our program the next day, guests and things like that. And when we have to talk about, we just get an idea of what might be on the on the plate. And uh, one of the questions that's asked is, has uh, anything interesting happened uh, to anyone? And uh, yesterday I said, yes. My sister fell in a dumpster and broke her rib. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I don't mean to laugh, but, I know, but you, when you hear that someone's falling into a dumpster, you yeah. can't. Listen, there's mm-hmm. a whole segment on America's Funniest Home Videos every couple of weeks of people falling into garbage cans. <laughs> now, a dumpster's got to be like a gold medal in that event. <laughs> so many layers to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what's happening. Jesus right Christ. And then, you know, she's sitting there telling me, and I'm like, yes, of course you did. <laughs> uh, so it's a fairly simple story, and, and I'm sure that uh, I've probably had this happen before, too. I don't know if I've fallen in a dumpster, but maybe come close. But uh, she had the, uh, accidentally the, put something in the trash can, took the tra- took the trash bag out yeah. and threw it in. And then later on realized, oh, oh. we... I accidentally threw my medication away. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, we've all had that. So you have to go yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. You got oh, no. to go get it. Right. So apparently she went and uh she she went to go get it and oh, no. it's it's hanging down low and so there's like a a side door on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. On their dumpster that you right. can open up. Okay? okay. So she opens that up, I guess, and it's at the bottom and it's far down and she's gotta lean over uh and, and kind of bend halfway down to go and as she get she leans forward. Her body weight is too much yeah. over, yeah. and she goes tumbling no. in head first into the dumpster. Somehow or another broke her rib on the way in. Oh, so no, as, as you imagine, as she's, as she's raking over the edge. That's what I was that's, thinking. It, it must have just pulled a rib mm-hmm. up and snapped it. Probably what happened, and I was like, okay, are you just saying you have a broken rib, or did you actually go get it looked at and you have a broken rib? She says, yes, x-ray, it's a broken rib, or, or the, whatever. The doctor determined that it was a broken rib. Now, it's not one of those where rib... You can have rib breaks that are debilitating, yes. that are just, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, move. Yeah. It's not that bad. So it was It was funny. How funny? It was, it was <laughs> able, we were able to laugh at this. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. And I'm sure other people have fallen in dumpsters or had something just as stupid happen. So I figured, you know what, that yeah. might be worth it. Sure, absolutely. 215-263-WMMR if you want to share. I think in my top five things of grossest things uh, that I have ever encountered, it is, it is dumpster and or trash juice. I can't. Uh, 
Oh, my God. God. And what is that? I oh. don't Dumpster know. juice and trash. So, Casey. Oh, my God. I, I used to work. And again, I hate to bring <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, uh, that, now, this there's drinks and things. Uh-huh. And all sorts of magical things that that, that are that. <laughs> but when that dumpster would turn, there'd be things that would, oh. that would come out like that just form because of the humidity or whatever it oh, is. Jesus. And, right. and that was where that was the most pungent, piercing smell <laughs> came from the liquid. And I don't think in it's like dumpster in, soup in Star Wars: A New Hope. I don't think that scene where they're in the trash too pleasant. I, it, right? Too pleasant. Yeah. Like, you have an like, entire oh Death Star full of people. Right. Yeah. You don't know what half those species do and what they yeah. crap. It's so all a bunch so of that, yeah. It's just a bunch. Metal and stuff in there. No, if but only, juice. if only. Yeah. But they're swimming in dumpster juice, yeah. and but, nobody's like, "Oh my God, it's, it's uh, you know, would have been a perfect way for them to introduce what the future of tampons might look like." Right. Oh God, Preston, and that like just that big dumpster, and your poor sister. Yes, going I didn't get a chance to ask her how she got out of there. Too. Uh, did you guys ever? Do you ever live in an apartment that had a dumpster oh, yeah. where you would have you to, go to go? And, oh yeah, and, yeah. And throw your trash. And sometimes, you know, they wouldn't come and pick it up, and it would just be stuff piling all over the place. But I remember, you know, having to to get root around in there before. I can't remember what specifically for, but the one at the uh, no, when we were on Y one hundred, I was lived in a. Uh, you remember it was a Russian efficiency apartment. It was worse than a Russian efficiency <laughs> apartment, a- and so the dumpster behind those um, a- a- apartments was so horrible and such a collection of rotting garbage that I used to, like, as if I was doing an Olympic hammer throw, I would yeah. you know, swing it around and try to launch it in because if you got anywhere near it, you would vomit. Dude. So it's always a, 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 a no no man land. You and you, if you end up getting, like, part of the bag caught on that oh. little <laughs> weird handle thing on, and it would, like, rip it, rip on it open. open. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, hang on. I want to go to George. Not quite a dumpster, but I got to hear this. Hey, George, good morning. Back when I was in high school, about 22 years ago, we used to kick the hacky sack around at lunchtime outside the lunchroom. We were doing that, and the hacky sack went up on the roof, and there was an outside school freezer by the lunchroom with a 55-gallon drum full of excess kitchen grease in it. Oh, God. With a lid on it. So I went to jump on top of the barrel to get up on top of the freezer to go on the roof, and the barrel gave out, and I went waist deep in the (gasps) kitchen. Oh, my God. Into grease? Kitchen grease, yeah. Kitchen grease, used kitchen grease. Yeah, in the middle of the school day, my principal came out and he goes, there's a write-up for being in an unauthorized uh, area. I don't know about a write-up for smelling unsanitary. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Nasty. So, okay, so you're a mess, dude. What did you do? How did you get cleaned off? Did did you have to go to the the locker room and get in the showers? Actually, believe it or not, I I live here in Glassboro, New Jersey, and uh, so... Glassboro High School is right next to Rowan University, and I lived on the other side, so my principal allowed me to walk home, so I had to walk home through oh. the middle of the university. So you kind of slithered home. <laughs> Wait a second. You're smelling like food, oh, and you're God. walking around like, were you attacked by packs of wild dogs? No, it was just, it was just rank, especially when sure. my, oh, yeah. my uh, girlfriend reached in her purse and started spraying me with a bunch of different perfumes <laughs> 
Yeah. Where'd George go? I don't know. Just follow the trail, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'll be able to track him down later on. Jesus. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah, thanks, George. <laughs> Steve, I, um, Steve, I know you love bragging about Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, and I, know, I, also, I hate to do it. Well, no, it's okay. Not I, everyone has had that opportunity. Are you going to one-up him with I, McDonald's? Not, yeah, I'm going to sympathize. <laughs> I, just, we're the same team, really. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so when I worked at McDonald's, there were actually two dumpsters. And one of the dumpsters was normal trash, and Casey, that dumpster juice would end up in there. <laughs> and then there was the grease dumpster. Ooh, and you would have to take out the used grease from the fryers, and and it, for whatever reason, whatever coagulated in that, uh, probably had some alien life in there. I, I don't know what the hell that it was, but it, it became was, sentient at yeah, that point. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, and it was a different level of gross than the other dumpster. They were both disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I have had once or twice where I was, I almost fell in. You got to watch it. Uh, uh, the revelation of the side door entrance on a dumpster, I don't think was. It may not have existed during uh, during that my time with dumpsters. But that but only works for so long because then the trash if will the just trash fall is out. up above right. it. Yeah, it means nothing. Nick, what was the the, the Wikipedia page you had pulled up? Oh, what was that? There's a, ter a term for that liquid, and it's called leachate. I think that's how you pronounce Ooh, it. Leachate. Oh, this is going to be exotic. <laughs> yeah, Casey. When there's three dumpsters, it's trace leachate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, L E A C H A T E, and that's the name of the liquid that. that yeah. It collects, says, collects. It is any liquid that, in the course of passing through matter, extracts soluble or suspended solids or any other component of the material through which it has passed. So, and, so the liquid, <laughs> as, as it descends server. through the garbage, yeah, yeah. Is, is so the garbage is basically serving as like a large, horrible coffee filter. Yeah, it so says, it is right? most commonly used in the context of landfilling of uh, putrescribe. Oh, putrescribe. Putrescribble or industrial waste. Do you uh, get that in your regular garbage cans? Wow. I do. Uh, Occasionally. I'll, and I'll, I'll yeah. have to wash yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. I mainly get it when we are, like when we host, uh, like at our school. Um, garbage can night? No, <laughs> like bag bingo or trivia night oh, or whatever. Garbage. One of these, you know, these social events. At the end of the evening, after everybody leaves, or we have to throw out the trash, and there's always just a trail of trash Ugh. juice sludge, and it's just gnarly. And the then worst? all when that collects in the dumpster. When you're taking it out of the house, right? You're taking it out of the house, out of the, the kitchen, yeah. and somehow it's permeated, and you, you have that trail that you've walked all the way out of the house, yeah. and it's it's a nightmare. But generally, it's a stink trail. Generally think, uh, you know, a general rule in my house is you don't dump liquids into the trash. Anything that is liquidish goes into the sink so that way we don't get a ton of because so that doesn't happen all Trash that much. Use. Yeah. Uh let me go. <laughs> let me go to Ryan. Uh Ryan, good morning. Hey mister. Hey mister. <laughs> What's up, Ryan? Uh not much. So a couple times at my work now I've been I've been at this job for like twenty years and I've accidentally thrown a money bag into a oh, dumpster. A so money I, bag? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I fill vending machines, so collecting the money and mixing it in with some waste sometimes. Yeah. And um, had to dig through the dumpster for it a little bit. And, and one time for a, a pair of keys, too, from my brother-in-law. Well, the money the money bag, I think, wins. There's certain, like, like I'm reminded of the Lenny Dykstra story. He had what, how, how expensive were his dentures yeah. that went in there? There were, yep. there were many thousands of dollars. At a certain point, you can teeter on the line of, ah, the hell, I'm not going in there for that. But that's a point at which you have to say, oh, no, I'm right. going in. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, um, by the no. way, would, like, did you have to go like deep down in? Did you did you wait a while before you realized, or was it fairly short after you actually? Uh, I had to move around a little bit once or twice. Right? Okay. So, yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Ryan. All right, guys, see you later, guys. All right, we'll see. That's why, like, when we did the dumpster pool, 
out in the back. It was a it was brand, clean, right? It was a brand, brand new yes. dumpster that <laughs> never had any yes. trash in it, it whatsoever. No. And it was lined, too. And yes. it was lined. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got, uh, I'm sure there's lots of trash guys listening. Sean's one of the trash guys. He's loading up some stuff right now. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good morning, it, Preston. How are you? Good doing? morning, it, man. We're, we're doing well. So you can you can weigh in on trash juice. <laughs> oh, yeah, Casey would love what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I, I sit in a machine all day, and in front of me, they dump the dumpsters that come from all over the place, restaurants, an apartment complex, right. everything comes here. All the wet stuff, I take it and load it into the tractor trailers all day long. That's what I watch is stuff being dumped <laughs> out. I take it and load it into trucks, and it's disgusting. Casey, you would get sick. What does it smell like? Uh, well, you only smell it when you get out of the machine. The machines that we have in here have filters in them where it stops the smell from coming oh. in the machine. Oh, good, They're good. Brand new, but if, if you get out. Um, I've seen many guys get out that are brand new that just can't take it and start vomiting right then. Sean, you're, so you're an expert here. Is it possible that if you haven't thrown liquid into a dumpster, does it still create a juice anyway? Do you? No, have it depends on. No, it depends on the weather and what people are putting in the garbage. A lot of people that throw stuff in dumpsters throw things that aren't supposed to be in there. Right. So that's covered up a lot, but no, we get we get dumpsters that come here, cans that are that are dry. But with the weather and uh, with the rain and the snow and people throwing, uh, say somebody throws a, a half a gallon of something that still has liquid in it, yeah, when we pick it up. It's going to crush and it's going to leak out Ugh. all over the place, dude. Right? So, yeah, yeah, thank God they have air filters for you, man. Thanks, Sean. You yeah. Got that right, guys. Thanks, man. <laughs> See you, Steve, buddy. Down the shore, they have uh, you know, it happens all day long on the beach. They have uh, you know, garbage cans and yeah. and recycling cans, and they have mm -hmm. a truck. This this cool little truck that goes up and down the beach, and it will empty. I love those them. things, it, it, but. It lifts it over, like the, where the driver right, right, right. It, it doesn't lift from the from the side. So I wonder how often does it? Sh well, I mean, he's got to. Yeah, yeah. You, the, the first guy who had to go wrong would have said, "We need to fix this." <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, our intern Ben, oh, former, as you can former, imagine, former intern, Ben. as you can imagine, that's him. Yeah, <laughs> is is on the line. Hey, Ben, how you doing, man? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Doing great. So you uh, you have a dumpster story. I do. So for what me and my dad do for work, we go in and out of our supermarkets, and we have a handheld computer, and these things cost like three or $4,000 to replace if you wow. lose it or break it. Yeah. And it accidentally got thrown into the trash compactor at a uh, supermarket. Oh, no. Oh, God. So we kind of weighed options, and it's like, ah, is this worth it? So <laughs> my dad is like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So he roll, he slides into the dumpster like a slide oh. and grabs oh the thing. And then we had to get a stick and pull him back out of the dumpster. You had to get a stick and pull. Get Somebody get a stick. Yeah. So yeah. Get Where's out my out dad's dumpster stick? <laughs> Did he find it? Yeah, it was right on top. But, you know, it's like okay. you're in a compactor. Somebody hits that button by accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. nothing, that's nothing not, to mess around dude, with. The, if, if that's instant death. If you're talking about nightmare scenarios, oh, like, yeah. you know, we all have ways. No one wants to die in general, but you also sort of, yeah. you know, list which ways would be least preferable to you. Mm -hmm. Trash compactors way up yeah. there. That's yeah. uh, that's definitely one you don't want you, that you want to avoid. My wow. friend's growing up. All right, had... Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right, see ya. They actually had uh, their trash can in their kitchen was a trash compactor. Oh, mine was. Yeah, we did oh, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so all right. Um, and then my dad would yell at us because no one would take the trash out and we'd just keep compacting it. <laughs> yeah, as far as we go. go outside. <laughs> we go down again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't it. 
push it any farther. That's but, something I always wanted, a trash compact. We wouldn't put things like food or compos- uh, compostable things okay. in there. It was more for... You know, empty milk cartons. Yeah, stuff that that wasn't uh, okay. That wasn't going to have a substance. Unwanted I mean, pets. More, you know. Did you line it with a bag too, or no? Uh, do you we, remember? We okay. did. Yeah. Yeah, because it, well, it wasn't a standard trash bag. Like they made them for the compactor. Okay. They were okay. pretty uh, durable. Do you have a compactor and a, and a food uh, in the in the sink? A, um, a, a garbage disposal. disposal. Yeah. Have one of those. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, let me go over here to <laughs> Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. What's up, you crumb bum? Yeah. Crumb bum. I want to fight you. What's, hap- what's happening? I want to fight you. I want to kiss you. I don't want to talk to you. What's up? I just want to feel you. Uh, so You're a real I crumb bum. Like, I'd say seventh grade, and uh, me and my buddies went to uh, all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. All right. Um, I had a retainer at that oh, time. Oh, yeah, the retainer story. And... <laughs> I forgot it on the table, wow. and I guess they didn't think that it was worth saving. So <laughs> me and my buddies had to crawl through oh. the waste of a Chinese buffet dumpster. For, That's uh, got to be the worst. Two hours. Oh. Literally two hours. It was. Did you find it? Yes. Oh. Yes, we did. I did. And my you parents, put it right back in. <laughs> yeah. I told, Get away from I told me. My parents, I told my parents, and they were like, you better effing find that thing. Isn't wow. that in the movie Parenthood? Just, he loses yep. his retainer in the yep. garbage, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. They, they dig <laughs> through it in the back that's, of the restaurant. Yep. That's yeah. common, I mean, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Talk about trash juice. I mean, that <laughs> oh, God. was gnarly. Yeah, I want to have right. a real full-blown study on, on, on the causes. And, and, and for, for example, well, you know, what... What makes it so pungent? I assume, obviously, you have all these different things that are are going together. But why is it always incredibly uh, foul smelling? Well, you've got you've got some some gases that come from the the, the garbage decomposition yeah. of of uh, organic material. Right. That's definitely going to be a part of it, and yeah. that's what uh. I think really gets rank. Uh, what I can't stand is when uh, if <clears throat> if we miss a week because we get once a week uh, uh, garbage, right. uh, you know, trash removal. You want to? And die. we miss a week, and it's summertime. I'm like. I'm gonna have maggots yeah. wriggling around. Yeah. If we, you know, I, I hate it. I can't so, stand it. When I played softball, we played. Uh, it was called the Incinerator League because essentially our f- softball field was right next to a trash dump with an incinerator. And then, and when you played there in the middle of the summer, you got there on a bad day. It was just right field was just terrible. Staten Island. <laughs> oh, so, so as, as you would. Uh, um, the well, fish kill and and those general areas um, in and around New York, which are these large dump you know dump areas, the smell would be so bad. I remember pulling off one time just to get like a soda at a at a like a Sunoco or something, and and I'm walking around and I'm looking at people like, can't you smell this? Yeah. So you they ma- were so used to it, it meant you know they they were just oh, okay. They were nose the smell. Yeah. You mentioned fish kill. Uh, there were a couple of times growing up where my dog got out. Okay, so he he got out, he jumped the fence or did whatever, and he was gone for like an hour or two, and he would come back, and it was as if he, I don't know where the hell he was, because this happened on a few different occasions, where he just smelled like (laughs) horrible, rotten fish and garbage. Sure, he was probably getting into some dump somewhere. And just rolling around, and it was terrible. If you're just tuning in, my sister fell in a dumpster and broke her rib uh, over the weekend, so that's how we got started on this conversation. And dude, how long did it take for her to get out of the dumpster? You know what? I didn't ask. I I need to find out more. It doesn't sound like she was stuck in there for too long and was able to get out. 
totally. It could be, man. Yeah. That would just yeah. Did you you had a story about someone who was screaming? It wasn't from a dumpster. It was from a like a Goodwill clothing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, hang on. I'm going to go to John. I think we have a winner here. Uh, hi, John. You're on the air. Good morning, bud. Yo. Good morning, Precious Steve. How are you? Wonderful, well. man. I can't wait to hear this story. Do tell. All right. So I have an excavating outfit. Uh, we do a little bit of demolition work. And two winters ago, just about this time of year, two winters ago. We were doing work in the Pocono Mountains. Mm-hmm. We're doing a demolition up there. It was a mobile home that caught on fire. We had to go up to demo the rest of the remains of the house. So the dumpster driver shows up. First thing in the morning, drops the first dumpster. We load it out. Okay, no problem. Second dumpster comes. I have to go number two really, really bad. <laughs> really bad. And there's nowhere around. Oh, we're in the no. middle of a trailer park. Right. Okay? Nowhere around that I can go number two. Right. It's an emergency. Yeah, right? yeah. You have to do this. Face it. Right now. Yeah. Right now, or I'm going to drive home in a bad way. Right. Yeah. Three hours back to Chester County, Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> so I put a little trash inside the dumpster. Right. I jump inside the dumpster in a 30-yard dumpster. Jump over the top, on top of the trash, <laughs> to then go number two. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything was going swimmingly. <laughs> Until I heard a backup beeper of a truck. Oh. <laughs> There's no way that guy's coming for me. Right? Maybe it's a trash truck. I don't know. I'm in a 30-yard dumpster. Can't see. Uh-huh. I have two laborers on the job. They're both sitting in the pickup truck because it's 10 degrees out with the heater on. Yeah. I'm in the dumpster. Oh, my God. Yet again, don't know what's going on. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, the guy backs into the dumpster. I'm like, no way. <laughs> no way. He's going to pick it up. So I start yelling. Yo. Yo, I start yelling. Nobody can hear me. My laborers know what's going on. They're laughing at me. Oh, no. (laughs) So the guy gets out. I'm still yelling. I'm still going, number two. Still yelling. (laughs) But, you know, you're in a 30-yard dumpster. You can't really hold on to the side. You're kind of hanging out in there, you know? Yeah. Sure enough, he picks the dumpster all... I ride the dumpster all the way up onto the back of the truck while in it. Oh, my God. But, you know, when it goes up on the truck, it's at a pretty steep angle. Yes. The trash is sloshing around. <laughs> I'm flying to the back. I'm flying to the side. I'm pissed. I'm freaking out in there. And the guy just never even knew anything of it. So how, how did you eventually vault out of it? Eventually, well, when he pulls the can on the truck, he's got to get back out to then secure the can right yeah. to the truck. So he comes to the back of the truck, and I'm, like, losing my mind with my pants down trying to crawl up over the side of the dumpster so that he doesn't take off down the road with me in it. Oh. Yeah. Dude, so that is, uh, that's like nine levels of embarrassment. Oh, but, you, I mean, you had to do it, and you actually made a good call with the dumpster. It sounds like, what, what do they call that, lily padding it when you, uh, yeah. when you, uh, when, no, when you're, when you go in a, uh, in a porta pot and you have to, so you don't get splashed back, because unfortunately that happened to me yeah, one time. Yeah. And uh, so I f- found out about the art of the lily pad, which is you lay a whole bunch of, like, toilet, toilet paper, paper down yeah. first. Yeah, lily pad. John, you uh, poor son the, of a bitch. Uh, the, the good thing about it, though, is when you're in a 30-yard dumpster, it's got trash in it. You're not really worried about a lily pad. You just let her go. Yeah. What were you planning to wipe with, if I don't mind asking? I had napkins in the truck. Napkins in the truck. That's beautiful. Thank God, thank God we stopped at McDonald's on the way up in the morning, 4 o'clock, for breakfast sandwiches. We got napkins. We had napkins. Thank God. John, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Oh, it was awful. But, you Uh, know, yeah, it was... uh, 
It's a good day. It's a good day. Thanks for sharing, John. I'd hate to hear what a bad day is. Oh, my God. Uh, Some text coming in. This one says, I used to work at Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom, and everything was underground. So all the juices from the garbage from the park would leak down and drip on you as you walked from one area to the next. We used to call it tunnel juice. Tunnel juice. (laughs) And it was a rite of passage to have it drip on you. God, that's awful. one time, and again, please understand, I'm not trying to brag every time I mention this, but when I was working at Dunkin' Donuts, they uh, they had... Uh, they were doing work in the parking lot, and the woman who owned the this particular this franchisee said, "Could you know go out and pick up the pieces of payment and put them in the dumpster?" And so I'm like, "Okay, I, I'll, I'll do this. It's fine." So I'm, I'm moving all the stuff, and she says, Are you sure you want this all in the dumpster? Yes, put it all in the dumpster. I'm like, okay, I'm putting it all in the dumpster. Put a lot of it in the dumpster. The truck comes in, the forks go to the side, and it's going to lift it up, <laughs> and you're bam. It lists the sides of the dumpster up, but the bottom is still Stop. sitting in the pavement. Oh, wow. my God. With a pot, like, it tore the entire bottom out, wow. and all of the dumpster juice started oh, to disperse uh, around Was the, the bottom pavement. just all rusted out or something? It had to be. Right. Oh I mean, now, mind you, I put an F load of pavement chunks yeah. in that. I'm sure it wasn't designed <laughs> for that. When you guys are tossing something into, like, a community recycling bin outside of Wawa or whatever, will you make sure that you dump everything that's in Inside whatever you're tossing out, let's say it's a can of Diet Coke or whatever, or do you just yeah. chuck it in there? If regardless? I can, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've uh, I have learned since, and we've talked about it before that recycling that, that stuff needs to be clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at home, I definitely clean out anything before I toss it into the recycling. This could be a whole. Use it. This could be a whole other topic, but I refuse to throw any bottle of water or coffee or anything out until it's fully gone. Not like, oh, there's some left. Let me dump it. Like, no, I have to drink it. So, like, there's there's bottles of water in my car with, like, <laughs> the teeniest bit of water and I can't throw it out until I drink like it. Like plastic bottles? Yeah. That's actually probably not good for you. That's You're not supposed to. Not. Okay. Yes. Have you ever thought of consolidating them into one bottle? I've done that. Okay. I've so. done that. Wait, I've done that when I go to the gym and I forget right. a full bottle of water. I'm like, well, there's two in the back seat, right. four up front. I think I have a full <laughs> bottle of water here. I so, can do this. Yeah, Kath, when we were going down the shore, the kids would come out of the this surf and they would go into the cooler and they would grab a bottle of water, take one little sip of it, and then just kind of toss yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. nobody knew whose bottles. Right. So I so. We would just take all the bottles home, and then that would be the dog's water, you know? Uh, okay. um, but I have... The hell is this? I know, yeah. I know. But yeah. as a result, I just went and bought one of those, essentially like a Gatorade, you know, when you dump Gatorade on your yeah. football coach. I got one of those things, and I just fill that up with water. So we, we don't use bottled water down the shore anymore because we were just wasting so much. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Going back to the dumpster thing here. Good morning. Hey, yo, Black Listener. Hey. What's up, man? How you doing, man? So uh, when I was a kid, I got bullied. And uh, walking home from school, this kid comes up, grabs my book bag off of me, throws it into the dumpster of a butcher shop. Oh, no. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, I had to go in there. That's, uh, I assume, blood and entrails and all that, right? Like, some stuff was in bags, but as soon as your foot hit it, boop, right through. And there was definitely, like, a rat in there or something. So, yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. But uh, afterwards, joined the Marines, got really big, saw the kid in the bar, and went, 
hey, remember when you threw me in that dumpster? <laughs> so uh, the look of fear on his face. That was worth it. Good for you. Man. Way to go back and get that done. All right, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, that's nasty. When uh, when you're talking about butcher shops and places like that, I would assume there's a uh, protocol they need to follow for throwing away that. They're throwing away, like, bio. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, you, you you have to do something. This would be the worst, according to this text. says, when I was in high school, I worked at a seafood market. Oh, gross. Uh, the trash naturally smelled in our dumpster. Every Thursday morning was clean-out day. And I, it would soak me with fishy garbage juice. I, w- I would be inclined to whatever you get a high powered uh, pressure washer or something and, and clean those suckers out because they just the stink is unbelievable. There's a great blooper outtake from the uh, that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny where Charlie and uh, Danny uh, they're they're living in a dumpster to save on costs. And Danny DeVito's he's eating uh, Frank he's eating the uh, like a bagel and, and Charlie goes Where'd you get that? And he goes down there <laughs> rotting seafood i can uh, listen even even fresh seafood i've been walked by like uh you know fish markets and i'm like yeah. nasty i can't imagine what it's like once you throw it that, away and it sits out there and festers oh yeah it gives me that in the throat sort of gag <sighs> where like i could go puke in yeah. uh you know yeah well thank you for sharing the stories i appreciate it yeah my sister fell in a dumpster <laughs> Over the weekend and broke a rib. She's all right, other than the broken rib, but it was a uh, it was a story worth relaying. Absolutely. So, all right, I want to take a break. Make sure you stay close because we'll be right back. Is your phone an app hole? You know, full of useless apps taking up space. Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go. Get important alerts and so much more. Because after all, the world needs less app holes. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Monster Jam, April 15th at the link. Info at monsterjam.com. Uh, this is pretty wild, man. Extremely dangerous conditions are making it difficult to, for rescuers to do uh, recover the body of a 34-year-old man who was buried when ice caves partially collapsed in Washington State amid warm temperatures. Yeah, yeah. I actually read a follow-up this morning. I had gotten this story last night that they were able to recover this person's body, but rescuers say more debris fell overnight. The body was in the back of the cave, Jeez. buried by rock and ice. Five people were injured in the collapse and are expected to survive. Um, and they've said that anybody who steps in there is at risk. Signs warn visitors of the hazards from ice and rock at the Big Four Ice Caves, a popular hiking destination about 70 miles northeast of Seattle. Warm weather has made the caves unstable this season, and the ice caves have been closed until further notice. Temperatures in the area on Monday are in the 80s. Thousands of visitors walk one mile a one-mile trail to reach the ice caves, which are the lowest elevation permanent snow and ice patch in the United States outside of Alaska. Caves are formed by avalanches that cascade down from the nearby 6,135-foot Big Four Mountain during the winter and spring. Most years, one or more caves form as the ice melts. The U.S. Forest Service has warned hikers that the ice caves were dangerous due to unseasonably warm weather. I wouldn't risk it. I know. Visitors were urged to stay on the trail, not to enter the cave, and to be cautious in the area, which is prone to falling rocks and ice. That hasn't kept hikers out of the caves. A different section came tumbling down on Sunday, but none of the hikers inside there were injured. 
A woman named Sarah was said it was a terrifying moment. She's an avid ice climber, and she had filmed Sunday's partial uh, cave collapse. She said she heard the ice cracking just a few seconds before a chunk of the cave oh, sheared yeah. off. The hell with that. Yeah, the five people, uh, five people injured are recovering right now. Uh, there was a girl, uh, Chloe uh, Jakubowski, 18 years old, said that she had a hand, she and a handful of others were in the cave on Monday when she heard a loud crack and then ice and debris ca- uh, cascaded down. She said she covered her head with her arms and crouched behind a giant rock of ice. She managed to survive. See, She's, if you just stayed home and watched TV, that, that would not happen. No. Uh, she said that um, she and others saw the warning signs outside but went in anyway because she didn't see anything that seemed to point toward a collapse and others were already inside the cave. Man. Uh, a grizzly bear at the Minnesota Zoo repeatedly uh, slammed a 50-pound rock onto the glass wall of its enclosure Cracking the thick pane separating the bears from surprised zoogoers. And not just one crack, like the entire thing is just spider webbed with cracks. The director of animal collections, Tony Fisher, says I want out. Custom made laminated safety glass uh, did what it's supposed to do. Only one of its five layers shattered. A brown bear weighing uh, weighs eight to nine hundred pounds, he said, so it's not much to them. Uh, zoo staff are not certain which of the three grizzlies picked up the rock, but they believe it was Kanai. It was no, it wasn't Lou. It was Lou. It was Kanai. Uh, the middle-sized brown bear, uh, the zoo says on its website that he likes to wrestle, and when it comes time to new things, he's most likely to be the first to try them. So Kanai's an instigator. Uh, that's right. Uh, Fisher says the bears were, uh, weren't being right. aggressive. Does everyone have their passports? Or right, try- let's go. They weren't trying to escape. Uh, they were just playing. He said. Ah, I think they were trying to escape. Silly says nothing like this has happened since the three orphaned bears arrived from Alaska in 2008. You always wonder as you go up to those enclosures, I wonder if one of these things could get through this. Yeah. Now, they're obviously meant to be stress test, uh, tested and all that stuff. But if you look at the shot of, of the sheet of glass here. It looks like it's about ready to go. Yeah, but I think it's got like a film on it or something yeah. like that that'll keep it from completely falling apart. But it's totally shattered. Uh, here's my favorite story of the day. A man named Bear, hey. that's his name, got revenge on the gator that killed his fellow Texan. I've been looking for you. The orange Texas man who only identified... He's him- orange? No, no, it's, oh. it's a town in Texas. Uh, who only identified himself as Bear, shot and killed an 11-foot alligator in Burkhart's Marina Monday because he believed it was the beast who ate Tommy Woodward last week. You got to answer for what you done to Tommy. But listen to this. Woodward, Tommy, the guy who was killed, jumped into the gator-infested waters Friday after yelling, F that alligator. Uh-huh. You son of a bitch. He was immediately bitten and killed. Bear showed up on Monday to serve up some justice. He said he had to go. That's what happens when you kill someone. Kill one of mine, I'm going to kill one of yourn. Bear shot the creature in the head and dragged it to the water. Game warden said with the uh, when uh, wildlife officials cut open the alligator Monday, they found some of Woodward's remains inside its belly. Killing an alligator is a Class C misdemeanor in Texas and can carry a fine of up to $500. Woodward dove into the bayou early Friday morning, ignoring a no-swimming alligator sign. Uh, Moments before he jumped in, he told the staff that he was closing up the marina's restaurant for the night and that he was going to go for a dip. The marina staffers begged him not to go swimming, but he yelled, F that alligator, and jumped in. F it. 
The unidentified woman he was with started screaming for help when the alligator attacked. Next thing I know, this girl is screaming and an alligator's got to him. Marina employee Michelle Wright said, I saw his body floating face down. And then he's face. Uh, then he's up there for a couple of seconds, and then he gets dragged back down and pulled off. Jesus! Officers uh, found his body in the water hours later. They said that Woodward Woodward uh, likely drowned, but the bite could have been fatal too. His cause of death is pending as inv- officials wait on an autopsy. Uh, so this guy was serving up some justice by killing him. And then finally, we'll end with this. A man who tied about 100 helium balloons to a garden chair and flew over the Canadian city of Calgary has been charged with causing mischief. Daniel Boria told police he was planning on parachuting into the Calgary Stampede, a rodeo event, to promote his cleaning products company. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mr. Boria said he somersaulted out How of good the chair. are my cleaning products? I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an endorsement. <laughs> Mr. Boria said he somersaulted out of the chair and parachuted down to safety after the balloons took him too high. I went too high. The whereabouts of the garden chair are unknown. Mr. Boria injured his ankle after landing in a a field just outside the city on Sunday, but no one else was hurt. I think there was like a third page that I I lost that would have my escape thing. Uh, he was detained after receiving medical attention. He said, I was sitting in a lawn chair looking By down. The way, I, I sell cleaning products. On <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this, though. I thought that that really wasn't even possible. I mean, no. I guess it is. But oh, no, it it is. Is. it's happened it's a couple happened times. times. In fact, there's a documentary about the first guy who actually didn't use the lawn chair. He used like a, a chaise lounge. Uh, so anyway, I said, I was sitting in a lawn chair looking down through the clouds at 70, 747 airplanes and looking up to a cluster of helium balloons. Oh, I rose to a certain altitude and the wings got pretty, in- the winds got pretty intense. I was somersaulting out of the chair and it felt like uh, minus 30. Jesus. I watched below as a stampede in my dream drifted away. How high up did he get, did he say? It didn't say. Uh, so I was, was looking down at 747. Several people took to social media after spotting Mr. Boria's publicity attempt. He said he had, uh, they had they have charged him with uh, mischief causing danger in Reckless life. Reckless use of a lawn chair. And could face further charges. He uh, reportedly used 120 oversized party balloons. Okay. And there you go. By the way, where is he getting all the helium? I thought we had a helium shortage. He spent $9,500 on helium. No. How about $9,500 on just basic advertising for your... Yeah, yeah. right? That would have been yeah. way better. Yeah. Steve, I read over the weekend that they discovered like a helium cache in the oh, part of... Oh, really? There was like a, um, a fisher in Southern California and... and it's a helium and mine they, or vein? I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, how... How... The same way natural gas pockets are, are found and right. utilized, I guess... You had the story about the people out in, um, where was it, Preston? They would take the huge balloons. Oh, in China. Oh, it was in China, China yeah. 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 Film up they, a natural gas. They had a natural gas discharge coming out of the ground, and they would take these big, basic, big bag, big bombs in, in balloons, and it blew up. Yeah. Yep. All right. Easy. That's what I got in the beat file for you, my friends. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment, all right? Hey everyone, it's Kathy Romano. Spring is here. Now let's get that ponytail ready for the chopping block for Kathy's Cuts. We're supporting Wigs for Kids and helping children look themselves and live their lives. Donate your hair to Wigs for Kids on Monday, May 1st. Go to PrestonandSteve.com. Make sure you meet the new minimum requirement of 14 inches of hair. Then make an appointment to join us on May 1st. 
You'll receive a new short hairstyle by the amazing stylists at Gravity Hair Salon in Ambler and Vibe Salon in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Donors will also get refreshments from Duncan, a Kathy's Cuts t-shirt, and a gift bag from True Beauty Concepts. Don't wait. Go to PrestonAndSteve.com to sign up. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Kanye West reportedly is requested to have his new Yeezy Gap collection sold in trash bags that customers will have to dig through to find their sizes. West says he refuses to play by the rules, especially those rules that pertain to sanity. Jamila Jamil says that while doing stunts for She-Hulk attorney at law, she tore an anal muscle. Jamil says she had only she had this happen only once before while beta testing a new type of brand muffin. Oh my! But that's true. She I didn't know that was possible. She tore an anal muscle. That's what she says. And finally, Madonna raising eyebrows on her 64th birthday by making out with and French kissing two women in public. What really raised eyebrows is that she was in line at Ride Aid waiting for her shingle shot. <laughs> I'm surprised she can even raise her eyebrows. I've found some stories that have to do with space, but not enough of them to create a space cowboy segment. But they are noteworthy and worth mentioning. Is this Preston's laboratory? Maybe that's it, because I found a few other things that have to do with science and smart stuff. Uh, So, sure, yeah, Preston's laboratory. Here we go. Man. And I have this story. I thought this was really, really cool. And it's an astrological event in the sky. So, Kathy, this is something you will be able to see. So you will actually care about this. Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus will be easy uh, to see in the night sky throughout the entire month. But tomorrow night, the 10th, uh, the crescent moon will fall in line with those three planets. And the moon will be at the top of the line, appearing in the southwestern sky shortly after nightfall. And the celestial alignment will be visible around the world, even from cities where light pollution washes out dimmer stars. And all you need to do is uh, have a cloud-free weather. So this is tomorrow night. Let me see. Thursday, Friday, partly cloudy sky. Ah. We may be able to see this. Uh, but they're all going to be in line. And, I'm going to whip out that telescope then. And you should. Uh, even binoculars will, will whip help it out. a bit. Uh, they can reveal some of the, the bigger moons of Jupiter and Saturn. I'll tell you what's amazing. So uh, my son has a... Um, um, uh, telescope as well, and this summer we we kept taking it out because um, Jupiter was very very clear yeah. in the night sky, and you with it with a decent telescope, it doesn't even have to be a very powerful one. You can clearly see the moons around Jupiter. Doesn't it is, that blow your mind? It is wild, and they're way further out away from the planet than you would think they are. But you look at it and you start seeing these little glowing things. Outside of the realm of that, you know, bright shining planet up there, and, and it is so cool to see. Does it blow your mind to think that somewhere on Jupiter, there's a family gathered around the telescope going, "Is that Preston?" <laughs> Maybe. No. What was cool also is that we looked at Saturn, and you can see the ring of Saturn. But that not- is one of the that is uh, when you see that. That blows you away. What what blew me away more was that you could actually see the space on on the insides of the ring between the rings between the rings wow. and the planet. Yeah, and like that's you know otherwise you're just sort of looking at well, a blob there. I've never seen that. It's pretty amazing. May yeah. I mention, by the way, people keep asking me about. I, I bring up the telescopes that that I, I've purchased too. I think Nick, you have one at your yeah. house, uh, and. Um, Celestron is the company that you will actually seek out automatically uh, move 
to the night sky in the position of the night sky where you will see these planets. So it's got a GPS and yeah, a motor. You punch in what you want to see, and it mm-hmm. will take you to it. Hey, yep. um, I had an issue, Press, when I was looking through the telescope, too, though, because my vision's not all that great. Right. And so... I mean, is, are you better off, like, if you wear glasses, does it make more sense to... No, because you have focus on yeah. them. And yeah. And you can, you can finally tune it to whatever your vision issue is. Yeah. Same thing with uh, binoculars. You know, that's why if somebody hands you binoculars and you look and you go, I can't... What? It's blurry. It's yeah. because your eyesight is different than theirs and, and you can adjust it. Also, try leaving both eyes open when you look in with one eye. Wait, both eyes? Is that ah. some, for some people, that makes a difference. Huh. It's like people using a sight... Um, you know, on a uh, on, a, on a microphone, yeah, mm-hmm. that sometimes that mm-hmm. works for some people, and they do have, though I've never used one, the um, which is basically like a binocular eyepiece for your telescope. Okay, so, that sounds pretty cool. But, it, but you're right with regular binoculars, what you can see, oh man, is pretty amazing, especially the moon. Uh, you you can see you know craters clearly just mm-hmm. by using a pair of binoculars. Did you see that? I sent it over as a picture of the moon. They took a couple of pictures with everything. They, I mean, they, they mapped it with the clearest photography they could muster. Yeah, it looked pretty incredible. The ripped apart, yeah. cratered out, yeah. jagged surface of the moon is it's just amazing. Up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you also tonight might or tomorrow night might see some uh, shooting stars as some of the leftover meteors from the uh, Geminid meteor shower. Uh, could still be streaking through the sky. So tomorrow night's going to be a good night to hang outside and, and look up. I've got a, well, and, and of course, at this time of year, the, you, you really do get super clear night skies. Yeah. But uh, going to a place where there's no light pollution. Oh, man. When you when you go with someone who didn't realize all that was up there, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I saw um, some sort of a... Bigfoot? No, it wasn't Bigfoot. No, it was something on Instagram, but... Uh, when you see meteors in the sky, you know when they're when they're screaming across, sure. they're different colors. Yeah. It's because of the different you know chemical makeups, and I never even thought, oh, yeah. well, you know, oh, that one's green. So that, but I I can't remember exactly you know which colors corresponded to which. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, since we're not encountering this stuff, this is not our main thing. You right. know, um, you forget this stuff, but it's uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So I thought that was a pretty neat little uh, science-related thing to pass along to you. All right, how about this instead of Doogie Howser? Okay. That's pretty cool. Is Bill Nye? No. Close. This is Mr. Wizard? Yeah. No, this is two boys in a cup. Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard was a kind of weird uh, pedophile-looking guy on yes. Nickelodeon. Yeah, Mr. Who'd have Owl. kids come into his laboratory and do these experiments. Right. I remember, do you remember Beekman's World? Yes. That was a really good kids' shy show. It, it used a lot of humor, a lot of... Yeah. A lot of uh, I never uh, watched it, but I was aware stuff, of it. But yeah. it, was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, so. Don Herbert. Oh, yes. I yeah. remember that guy. Don Herbert did it forever. And, and uh, so I think he was on TV in the 60s and 70s. And then, uh, Casey, they brought him back for Nickelodeon for when we were kids. I watched it all the time. I never thought of him as a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> I said pedophile-looking guy. It's just, you know. Uh, just him and alone with a child. Like the music. It's, uh, there it's was not, a uh, not very good quality. Nah. The comedian Pat Paulson, Preston. Yeah, he did a uh, a Mr. Science guy, and there would be the uh, the kids would come over and and one and what they were teenagers, mm-hmm. and he would always. You couldn't get away with it these days, but he was a creepy predator. Okay, and that was the whole premise of the thing. All right, well, uh, this one we're going into the ocean for. Uh, there are the ocean. sounds of the Indonesian reefs returning to life. Uh, to find out just how healthy restored reefs can be, researchers focused on parts of reefs in Indonesia previously destroyed 
by blast fishing. Blast? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, it's a practice of using dynamite or other explosives to stun or kill a massive amount of marine life at a time. Uh, the areas were restored through the Mars Coral Reef Restoration Project for years uh, preceding the study. Researchers took multiple one-hour acoustic recordings of various habitats that are part of Indonesia's uh, body reefs, B-A-D-I is how you spell that, uh, through 2018-2019 that were either uh, naturally healthy, heavily damaged, or had been restored. And they found that the restored habitats had become almost just as vibrant in those uh, and, and as those that are naturally healthy. So anyhow, but they but they make noise. Here's the de- the deal. So the sounds were captured throughout various parts of the day. Sunrise beamed with slow pulsed growls and short tonal whoops. So yeah, apparently that was um. You could, you could hear those underwater. Do you hear the reef? Uh, morning and afternoons were filled with the crunching sounds oh my God. Of, of scrapes and nights on the reef were restored. Scrapes? Wait, yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have some audio of that? I have crunching sounds, which would be... <laughs> which is Nick <laughs> eating. And then nights on the restored reef were filled with uh, slow and gentle purrs and quick pulsed raspberries. <laughs> oh my God. I really love this walk. <laughs> and I guess the raspberries would be <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so these have a restorative uh, power to them. Well, this is what this is what a restored reef sounds like. It's it's like this is what it sounds like when, when the reefs restore. Yeah, when the reef lives. Uh, so many of the sounds were captured on the restored reef uh, and have never been recorded before. So apparently these things make noise. And I guess it's just, you know, it's starting to teem with life. The it's reef. amazing. Yeah. Now, the reefs, obviously, uh, you know, they, 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 as you said, teeming with life. They mm-hmm. provide so, so much uh, of a habitat for these undersea critters. I saw a, uh, a trailer, trailer for a new uh, Netflix documentary, and it's called Puff. Wonders of the Reef, and um, it, they follow this tiny little fish around, and uh, it's a puffer fish. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and they nicknamed him Puff. Uh. But um, it's really cool because Steve, like you were talking about the shot of the moon, and the, yeah, yeah. They, they how intricate they can get with the photography. They go super uh, tight on some of these coral reefs, wow. and you see it like in detail that I've just I've never seen before. It's remarkable um, what cameras can pick up. Well, speaking to to the puffer fish here, the, the very first time I went on a scuba dive, it was a resort dive, is in Hawaii. And are, you know, so they, they give you a quick training in the pool. Right, right. And, and then you, you don't go out in a boat. You just walk into the, the, the right. surf and and, uh, and you just go down a certain uh, depth. You can't go down uh, too far. And so before we head out, the uh, our instructor goes, he goes, now, as we head out there, there's this little puffer fish. He's going to come up and he's going to follow us. He does it every single time. Aww. And sure enough, we, we get... In the water, okay. and here he comes, and he just he followed us around for a while, and it was kind of like uh, their little pet. Would you tip him? I didn't tip oh. him, <laughs> uh, but I thought it was really neat that that ended up happening. It was one particular fish that just found the divers fascinating and like to hang out with them. By the way, we're looking at the footage; it's amazing. You need to understand how difficult it is to photograph underwater. Yeah, to get. Um, you know, I, I, I've gotten my wife, uh, who does a fair amount of diving, these different camera rigs, the amount of light 
and the way the light um, is diffused and all of that, yeah. uh, you know, because you, and then, you get these incredible colors. You have to be able to somewhat stay still, yes. which is harder in water than, than you think it might be. Yeah, and not scare the fish off. Yeah. And yeah. not bump into the coral. You have to be super patient. Yeah. Have the puffer fish talk to them first. Yeah. And then set these up. These guys are from out of town. They want to grab a few pictures with you fellas. You know that? <laughs> We're going to do a two shot, you and the two, diver. Yeah. yeah. How much? Five, 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 five bucks a piece. Okay. Uh, Indonesia is a part of the Coral Triangle, by the way, uh, which also includes waters of Malaysia, the Philippines, uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, Timor-Leste, and the Solomon Islands. Uh, the area is known for having nearly 600 different species of coral, six or six of the seven types of marine turtle species, turtle. and more than 2,000 species of reef fish. So, uh, if we're talking uh, these documentaries, Discovery Plus has, I think it's on Discovery Plus itself, um, they have this guy who, I, I think I mentioned it on the air before, went to the deepest parts of all the oceans on Earth. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that they find down there is amazing. Uh, and you've never seen it captured like this, like things that look like from another planet yes. easily. Yeah. So he was taking these submersibles down there? He, he designed this craft, which is kind of a almost like a vertical, it's not like a bathysphere. The bathysphere is built into the thing, which looks like... I don't know what a bathysphere a, is. A, a circular, um, you know, diving bell, basically. Okay. But the actual thing itself almost looks like a piece of toast, you know, like a metallic thing that gets submerged and it could withstand incredible pressure. Right. Um, but um, when they go down there, the lighting rigs and these things that just start coming over, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, that's what it's it's terrifying. Some of the stuff you see down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this. All right, a bathysphere. Yeah, that's uh-huh. interesting. I remember in the beginning of Johnny Quest, they show uh, right, right, Doctor Quest in one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I have another... Would you guys... So, uh, I have a story of a mathematician, and uh, while I was thinking about it, uh, is that really considered science? Yeah. I mean, well, it's used in science, but it's yes. its own subject Let's as well. Let's take that angle. It's used in okay. science. The reason I bring this up is because Jacques Tits died. Oh, my God. The mathematician behind Tits Buildings, the Tits Alternative, the Tits Group, and the Tits Metric yeah. has passed away at 91. Why did you pick this story? It, well, well, he's a mathematician. He's an important man. Oh, all right. That's why. Belgian-born <laughs> mathematician Jacques Tetz. This is wild because he died in the same week Heinrich von Butthole died. Oh, no. Oh, what a loss. Who revolutionized oh calculus. God. What a loss. We lost Tetz and Butthole <laughs> the same week. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was his name? Heinrich von Butthole. Yeah. Heinrich von Butthole. Wow. Well, Tetz passed, passed away on Sunday. <laughs> Leaving behind a legacy. He's left an an opening. (laughs) Why'd you pick this story? (laughs) (laughs) Leaving behind a legacy of research in group theory and geometry. Uh, His tendency to name his contributions after himself suggests that he knew his tits power. Uh, By the way, what is group theory? Um, Because it it sounds reminiscent of, uh, well, no, that was Governing Dynamics, of uh, the guy in um, uh, Beautiful Mind. Oh, um... And I've forgotten his name. Let's just call him Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll just call him that. I've forgotten his name. He was incredibly yeah. famous and... and uh, uh, he was on the spectrum as well, right? Yes. It was the whole part well, of the he, he actually, no, I think he was uh, schizophrenia. Oh, was that was it? I yes, that's right. Yes, suffered so from. he would see these things. Yeah, but uh, anyhow, uh, he so tits. Let me go back to tits yeah, here. Yeah. 
Uh, he won the Abel Prize in 2008, which was an award created in 1899 after a Norwegian mathematician learned that Alfred Nobel, Nobel, I'm sorry, would not give out a prize in mathematics. Why? Uh, so, and, and and we know of the Fields Medal because of um, uh, well, hunting. Will Hunting. Thank yeah. you. But I've never heard of the Abel Prize before. Uh, the annual award did not formally begin uh, until over a century later in 2001. Since its start, the Abel Prize, which includes over $800,000 in prize money, uh, has been given to just one or two academics per year. And Tits got it. With all those awards, they couldn't squeeze Tits in? Mm, and no. Well, no, he did. He got it. He got uh, it. He got it. Uh, so he won. Uh, Tits won the Abel Prize in 2008. Uh, enthusiasts. Enth- oh, there's a picture of him. Enthusiasts got a nipple on his office. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Nick, can you look up what what group theory is in mathematics? Also, John Nash, the guy you were trying to think of. John Nash. That's it. Uh, it's a great movie, do, by the way. It is, yeah. Although the scene where he digs the thing out of his wrists uh, weirds no. me off. Oh, uh, yeah, group theory is here. All right. In uh, mathematics and abstract algebra, group theory studies uh, the algebraic structures known as groups. Yes. The concept, there it is. The, <laughs> mm-hmm. Groups, there it is. Uh, the concept of a, gr- <laughs> of a group is central to abstract algebra. Other well-known algebraic structures such as rings, fields, and vector spaces can all be seen as groups endowed with additional operations and axioms. I don't know what it is. Well, the thing about mathematics when people are attracted to different aspects of it is that it is, um, there is a definitive... Thing to, it's, it's finite. It, it's finite. Yeah, there yeah. are there are answers. It's right. Not, it's objective rather than subjective. And right. so, if you're if you're pursuing a career in mathematics, you can always seek an answer. If you're pursuing a career in literature, there is no one answer. Right. Or even like there are other things like like people study string theory or things like it, it, it's 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 all hypothetical. Sure. And and so you don't have that definitive thing that you might get in mathematics that that uh, tits revolution. Do you remember that uh, the the movie Gifted about the little girl? Yes. and Chris Evans is in it. Yes. Yeah. And so her mother was was grooming her to solve. There were like ten problems that were considered the most difficult to prove. Right, right, right. And and I forgot what they were called. I think it it's I think it's real. Yeah. And and those have a name. And and I forgot exactly what it was. But that stuff is fascinating. And it's it's just. So far beyond my scope of understanding. We can't figure out how to shut the water off in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but enthusiasts of group theory or uh, incidence structures may enjoy reading about Tits' work, uh, such as the Tits Building, and like I said, the Tits Alternative, the Tits Group, and the Tits Metric as well. Huh. So, yeah. There you well, go. it's a big loss. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jacques Tits was his name. All right, uh, I have another thing. Two more, actually. From the laboratory. If we have time. Yeah, Preston's lab. Uh, so this is uh, this reminds me of, uh, and I've forgotten the name of this structure, but they keep all the world's seeds. Yes, it's, it's in a uh, like an Arctic oh, location. The Doomsday Vault. That's it. And I want to say it's in Norway. I'm not 100% sure. Say it. Uh, all right, it's in Norway. Uh, so every time new climate research is published, news headlines are posted, or tweets are shared, there is a giant steel box perched on a granite plain in the Australian state of Tasmania that will be recording it all. Uh, With its thick steel walls, battery storage, and solar panels, the developers of what they're calling Earth's Black Box say that the city bus-sized structure will be indestructible to the climate crisis itself and is meant to outlive humans. The city, so it's the size of a bus. Yes. 
Uh, eventually, its creators hope that the black box will tell future civilizations uh, how humankind has uh, created climate crisis and how we failed or succeeded to address it. So it's going to keep a record of all this stuff. And we're looking at a picture of it. It's kind of ominous looking. Yeah. And uh, it's going to sit out there. Uh, by the way, it'll, yeah. it'll eventually have graffiti on it. Uh, Nick Tony <laughs> loves Eddie. The uh, Svilbard Global Seed Vault. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's in, where is it, Nick? It's a, an island off of Norway. So you, you okay. said Norway, right? right yeah. Yep. So you're, you're close. So I said it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while the box's construction won't yet be completed until next year, hard drives have already begun recording algorithm-based findings and conversations. Wouldn't it be funny if the world ended just before they finished it? Uh-huh. Yeah, right? It'd be hilarious. Uh, since the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, and the makers say Earth's black box will record every step we take towards this catastrophe. Hundreds of data sets, measurements, and interactions Relating to the health of our planet will be continuously collected and safely stored for future generations. And they say people are already booking their flights to go see it. Uh, the steel monolith will document all climate-related conversations and artifacts from the past, present, and future, indicating land and sea temperature changes, ocean acidification, the amount of greenhouse gas in the atmosphere, human population, energy consumption, military spending, policy changes, and more. What if this becomes a tourist destination and they have, like, an amusement park? And <laughs> oh, By the way, did they ever figure out, you remember those... Um, those monoliths a couple of years ago that were, or maybe it was last year, that were showing up in, like one showed oh, yeah. up in Utah. Yeah, in the, yeah, on the, the desert. The park. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. ever find out who did those? They were just, not pranks, but people were just doing it to get attention, right? right. They, they were just driving them out yeah. into the middle of the desert and then leaving them there. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the same person for every one of them. I think that then... They, they caught were like, on? Well, yeah, they were like copycat yeah, yeah, people yeah. who were doing it, too. All right. One more thing. And we're going back to space for this one in my lab. Uh, the planet B Centauri B, or is it just Centauri B, uh, arguably shouldn't even exist, but a picture is confirmation that it does. At a magnitude of four, B Centauri, located some 325 light years away, is visible to the naked eye, though it is not to be confused with Beta Centauri, which is also one of the brightest stars I'd in the sky. I never do that. But this is a, it's a gas giant orbiting its host stars at a distance of roughly 560 times that of Earth from the sun. And this makes it one of the most distant exoplanet orbits yet found. And the planet, is its mass is, listen to this, it's roughly 11 times the size of Jupiter. Holy crap. Or or the mass is, 11 times that of Jupiter. And it's, it's a, uh, do they have any idea what the composition of it might be? They, I don't know, they place it in the upper. Jeff peanut butter. (laughs) It's made of (laughs) Jeff. Well, we should mine it. Absolutely. Right? Hell yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the great GIF mines of Adam. One day we'll send a large spoon in space <laughs> to get some of that tasty GIF. <laughs> Choose the astronauts. Choose GIF. We choose to go to the peanut butter planet. <laughs> because we can and we're famished. Uh, so... It, the planet's mass, like I said, is roughly 11 times that of Jupiter, which, <laughs> which places it in the upper range of objects that can still be called planets. So what um, objects with masses of 13 Jupiters or more are classified as brown dwarfs or failed stars? That's a classification I'm, I'm, I'm unaware of. Hollywood yeah. is loaded with, with failed stars. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, brown dwarfs. But it is... <laughs> I can't get any work. 
Uh, but it's the two host stars that make this system truly unlike any other that astronomers have seen yet. The stars have an estimated combined mass of six to ten times that of the sun, and that might not seem like much, but it is at least twice the mass of any other known star. Six to ten times the mass of the sun does seem like a lot. Or stars confirmed to host a planet. There there are stars that are massively larger well, than think of Well, think of a planet yep. larger by six to ten times than our own sun. Yeah. Uh, the system's larger star is a uh, spectral type B, the second ho- hottest category. And the problem with forming planets around such hot stars is that they emit lots of power, ult- uh, powerful ultraviolet and X-ray radiation, which ought to disrupt the planet-forming process. But in this case, it didn't. So, it, obviously, a big... Well, we don't know because we don't know what's out there in, in the full universe, but... Uh, these seem like uh, amazing occurrences that you would have something that enormous. Yeah. They're saying by by what it needs to exist, it would be... Uh, it's hard. It, should, it would it tear itself exist. apart. Yeah, and it, and it also is farther away from its host than any other. It, huh. it, is far, it has the largest um, um, orbit yeah. around a, a sun that they've managed to see, or star, I should say. There's a guy that I know. His name's uh, Rob Zellum, and the reason that I know him is that uh, he's a listener of the show, and he works for JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory yeah. in uh, in Pasadena, California, and he's studying exoplanets. I'm, I'm texting him now to see if he knows anything about this one. See, I'll, Steve, I'm going to dig into that shift theory. Yeah, because I think that's a, that's a, a possible food source. But it's he, called B Centauri. Yeah, B Centauri, and, um, but th- this is literally what he studies, and so wow. it's, a, it's remarkable what we don't know. Well, they say it's actually being orbited by jelly dwarfs. Okay. Uh, So, astronomers... Maybe they'll collide at some point. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Oh, my God, wouldn't that be? Right? Yes. Well, one should be chocolate, for real. Okay. And there you go. Right. And then you've got your giant... I think your planet is a my planet. that, yeah. Astronomers have reason to think that there may be uh, many more planets like B Centauri B that have been... B. uh, B Centauri B. Previously overlooked. B Centauri B E Centauri B E C E N T A U R I B Centauri. Wow, that was good. Nice. I used to cheer for my high school. All right, um, and that's it. That's the science section. I want to take a break. Come back in a second. Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve on ninety-three-three WMMR. A go-getter like you never stops learning. ODU Global offers online undergraduate classes with around-the-clock support and individualized advising. We'll help you transfer your credits, finish your degree, and take your career to the next level. ODU Global, the boost you need for bigger things.